0: hello welcome to to waiting for game podcast presented to you by melee stats i am your host gimme that wheat and uh you know normally i introduce myself i call myself a tournament cedar i call myself a top 100 i forget what i call it top 100 maker whatever it is um but on, on this special episode I, I you know i would like to say i'm also a smash world tour hmm what am i what is my title <laughs>
1: So it turns out i really
0: don't know my titles very well well i am involved in smash World tour and that is going to be a perfect opportunity to talk about what we're going to talk about today uh we are coming up on a pretty great couple weekends of melee in front of us you know we we had a couple good weekends of smash and i think that the weekends we're going to see for Melee are going to be pretty awesome the the little bite of cold is in the air over on this uh east coast and if you can tell if you're watching video i'm wearing some plaid i'm wearing a sweatshirt we're getting into fall we're getting into the fall season and uh we're gonna talk smash con fall fest we're gonna talk uh smash world tour both on the uh north american west coast and europe so to do so i have my good friend and uh, fellow fall enjoyer edwin budding how's it going edwin
2: it's going great wheat I am uh, really excited to talk about an exciting weekend of week of melee that just happened, and I'm excited to talk about Smash World Tour coming up in two of the most prominent regions of the world.
0: And Fall. You're excited about Fall, correct?
2: Yes, uh, that too. It's, the leaves it's football changing season. color,
0: of course. Um and, and who knows Fall better than a top sixteen placer at SmashCon Fall Fest, a commentator at SmashCon Fall Fest, maybe a commentator at a few other things, who knows? Uh we have our own our, own, uh, our very own friend, first time friend of the show in uh, official capacity, Dark Genix. What is
1: up, Justin? Hello, uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for the intro. Thank you. And um, I actually can't believe that I got top 16 at a Super Smash Con just in general. Like, I mean, definitely not a super major, but was very surprised to see myself on Championship Sunday. So and pretty happy with my block, too. So also great to be here as part of waiting for a game. Uh shout to yeah. Melee Stats and everything you do.
0: So, yeah, you
1: know
0: not only are you a uh you know, you're a friend of us, uh now you're officially a friend of the show. Patron awesome. and uh yeah, part of the the Melee Stats Extended Universe. So I'm very happy to be <laughs> able to to get you officially in here. Uh you know, four more of these and you, you're you get a jacket for yourself. So let's go. Hopefully we never get to that day. But uh <laughs> speaking of getting to, let's let's get to the thing that uh, you know, you, you just talked about your experience at SmashCon fall fest uh let's hear a little bit more about it you know it wasn't the biggest tournament that we saw of course but i want i do want to hear about your personal experiences there because i think for a lot of people a lot of people have not gone to events yet you know if, if they've gone to events a lot of people have only really gone to small locals um what was your experience going to this was this did you uh you ended up going to riptide correct
1: yeah i did go to riptide as well
0: so you had experience going to to like a major Uh, in the in the post post COVID, in the (laughs) during COVID, during COVID, post quarantine. (laughs) Uh, Um, so how did the tournament itself? How did the tournament itself uh feel? How did it treat you?
1: So it like I've been to my fair share of like regionals, larger events, majors, locals, etc. Throughout my time playing the game, and Super Smash Con Fall Fest definitely felt like some like at least feeling wise somewhere between a larger regional with multiple out-of-state players and a major. So it was in a hotel. Um, there were a couple of conference rooms in the hotel, which were booked for, like, the staff room for the various games. There was a room specifically for Melee with CRTs, uh, an arcade room, and there was a room for Nickelodeon as well as uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and then Wii U and Brawl and 64 were in other areas, etc. And And it felt like things were getting back to normal. It was it was really interesting because there were like a lot of players from different regions in Ultimate, but in Melee it was primarily people from MDVA. Like there were a handful of Jerseyans, a handful of Floridians, uh not too much from elsewhere, but it it, it felt like a, an MDVA regional with some special guests. But for what it was worth, the other things that they had to do made it feel more like a, a homely, like major-esque event. The cornhold, um, hugo uh, hugs his uh his beer cra- uh crap craft beer, beer, beer tasting yeah. i mm-hmm. didn't get to attend that actually but um actually I, I don't drink but um from what i heard people who attended it they had a great time etc and then also just like going out to get dinner with like all the smash friends from all the different regions and getting to play friendlies with people it's like it, it feels good it's it, it's a it is a good feeling to be able to like go to these events see all like my friends from netplay and friends from like different regions and also like cheer on the new jersey people we had five out of 16 of new jersey Ah, uh, making top sixteen, and then none of us won a set. But you know, it was great cheering us on. You know, number one fan of Jersey in, in the house right now. So
0: that is very true. I will, I will seed that to you. You can be the number one fan of Jersey. I don't think me and <laughs> Edwin are taking that away from you. Yeah, no, I mean,
2: it, no chance. I don't were, even know if we qualify for the p- position of fan. Are we fans of New Jersey? I can't really tell.
0: Uh, I mean, I live very close to the New Jersey border. You do not. Uh. I have family who's from New Jersey. I go to the Jersey Shore. I saw Clutch on the boardwalk one time, and I thought it'd be very funny to to like fanboy him. Uh, but then unfortunately, I had something. Else, I like got distracted by something else. Uh, so am I a Jersey fan? No, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm fine. I feel with like Jersey. we just have
2: a fascination with with New Jersey. Uh,
0: In terms just... of melee, we definitely have a fascination mm-hmm. with Jersey, and and I I think that uh, you know, our fascination ends up being with like we we truly have no idea who we know who's good in jersey we just don't know what that means because the eighth player on the jersey pr might be second on the next one and then the third player on the jersey PR might be 12th on the next pr like it's impossible to tell and i don't think that this tournament really helped figure that out <laughs> we we did see a lot of jersey people but i feel like it was kind of like a mishmash of people who we kind of expect to do well, and I don't know what we really learned from this. Um, I think that was kind of the case in general. Like, so what do you think, Edwin? We had a lot of people at this event. Who you know, this is a regional level event. I think we saw regional level players, and a lot of them got, you know, maybe further than I would predict. If you look at like No Flux or Juicebox, I think it was hard to predict that they'd get that far. But does this change your opinion of anyone? Like, who do you come away with with a different uh view of them after smash con fall fest
2: you know it's it's funny you mentioned Juicebox because i actually come away with this event thinking quite uh, uh, a lot more fondly of uh excuse me not a lot more fondly no i i get along fine with june box uh no Junebox. i i think juice <laughs> june box yeah i think Junebox. Juicebox for a long time was kind of like uh he's always been on the cusp right he's been he's always Junebox. been ranked in empty MD- he's been he's always been ranked in mdva He's always done really well against in-region players, but we just haven't really seen him carry that over onto major brackets um, for, for a while now. And I think uh, recently, I I know he ran into Mog at Riptide, who he typically trends very positive against. But you know, he beat Free Palestine there. He had a nice little run to second here. You know, beating some good players like Crikey and double eliminating No Fluxes, who apparently no one no one could beat that no one else could beat that day. So I think uh, for Juicebox to actually do well at events of prestige and to kind of like carry that over at like, consecutive events, that's something I actually haven't like. You know, like, while Juicebox has been a strong player in the past, that's not something that we're accustomed to seeing from him at, like, a large regional or even at, like, an arguable major like Riptide. So I think for kind of keeping him, his, himself composed and for doing well at two events, he's someone that I walk away from this event thinking thinking a little bit differently about just if we're, if we're talking about the most notable names.
0: Yeah, kind of perennial outside, outside top 100, you know, I, I don't know if 2019 2018 or something i would say he was ballot worthy or right outside the ballot but i guess i I shouldn't say he might not have been like 101 level in those years but he was definitely outside ballot you know top, top 150 or something um you're right yeah he was some really very good locally uh he had a lot of good records especially you know he had a very good very positive record on mog uh in 2019 the year where mog got ranked like 77th Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough with a lot of those players, like you have those local results. And then when it comes to the two or three majors that you are able to kind of, to to like go to, you're able to cut time out of your schedule to go to, um, no matter what you do on a local level for players of that skill level, what happens at that, those two to three majors that you're able to attend will really color how people think about you, um, so it's interesting that you say this because I am not surprised that Juicebox is able to do this well because I I kind of do think of him as a player like that, but I agree with what you're saying. You know, being able to thrive on a local level like that is very impressive, and it just like you know it makes me know that this that Juicebox is a talented player. But being able to see it on a bigger stage, um, even if this just was a regional, shows that uh that's like the next step, right? Shows that he he very well could be taking the next step too top 100 caliber player um justin what do you think did you get to play anyone who like kind of surprised you this weekend anyone who maybe uh you had expectations about that you now look at differently
1: well i did actually play Juicebox, the aforementioned juice box that we just discussed a little bit and had a fairly close set i mean he won three to one but most of the games went like last hit uh definitely a very strong chic player and i think that i mean he's been really good for a while. Like we've said, like top 150 level at the very lowest, uh, always like on the cusp of that, you know, being Cresper. able to beat top 100 players like always beating top 100 players, etc., and regionally being a strong player. So I wasn't too surprised when he was good. um Person, let me think. I think one person who he didn't do particularly like amazing in bracket, but someone I was very surprised by was Ben Snape actually. Um, he had a very close game 3 set with Wally and Pools and to what from what Wally said and told me after the set is that he could have lost that. And Wally as a player who we've seen has like been very consistent, lower on top 100 level at the moment, uh doing well at like locally and at these regional events. And for him to be speaking highly of someone uh someone like Ben Snape who isn't really as seen on the radar, I think that he could be someone to look out for in terms of like a player who maybe we weren't expecting to see at like playing at that kind of level you know um anyone else i mean i played logan over the weekend and some friendlies and they're like really really good regardless of how things went necessarily at fall fest i expect to see like really good results from them as events go on um i actually was very surprised by diskid boogie that is one person that i think uh shocked me in terms of his results and how he played because he he's not really very active. Um, he said before the event he didn't really practice too much, and he only enters Super Smash Con as a tradition, and he does this every year. And she had some of the best ice Climbers neutral out of like any of the ices I've played, and it, it was like really fascinating scene because like the way he walls out spaces, and I also watched his set versus Fable. He uh would Fable and winners, and he was just like on point with catching like full hops, making sure that it was, like, difficult to approach using, like, these decent blizzards and ice blocks and, like, squall hammer and just... It was really interesting because, like, it's a- it was an older-style icies but still was very effective at keeping people out. So, I think if you were to enter things again, and in general for Ice Climbers, I think that the char- Like, people are saying the character is dead or not very active, and, like, had I beaten Slug, I would have played four Ice Climbers in a row for top eight. So, I, I don't really know where the narrative of You know, all the ice climbers are in hibernation is coming from, because I definitely had an entire bracket of ice climbers. The alternate universe
2: (laughs) of Dark Gen X being added to the halls of Top uh, (laughs) 8 of Top 8 history at SmashCon. You could tell people that. You know, did you know I made Top 8 at SmashCon? They'd be like, oh my god that's incredible. You'd be like, yeah, you know that's very true, very true. You know, uh...
0: SmashCon, you're being pulled over. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> don't you know who i am <laughs> you know what one thing that i was very impressed by and i know it seems like something that you know that the sets were close either way and i know the second person is going to hate me for bringing this up but i was very impressed by bones beating b bats and wally back to back i think uh you know not not just because those two are very strong players who've had good years and they you know, on LAN and everything, but just you know Falco Peach beating beating those two back to back. I think I think especially for some like if you if you gave me B bats versus Bones and Bracket before before this event, I don't know maybe maybe they play. out of Xanadu, yeah. And mm-hmm. B bats won. Yeah, exactly. So, a little scary. So Bones doing the run back and, and taking down Wally who. Who I genuinely thought, and I, I even told Wally before the event, and maybe cursed him, that I thought that this is one. I thought this was an event that Wally, with the right bracket, could potentially win or finish second at. So for mm-hmm. Bones to beat that kind of caliber of player, especially after already beating P-Bats, I think it was very good.
0: Yeah, he was kind of set up with a really good bracket. Um, mm-hmm. I, I forget who he played in the round before Diz could bookie, uh, but he played Diz, who, you know, impressive neutral aside. I believe he got 3 would by Wally. Yes. Uh, and then he would be set to play Slug, if not for the
2: uh, the villain do, of Chicago Land. Do the, no yeah, do the
0: Deftones music because this is gonna be Edwin's like this is like Edwin's fantasy land right here. Yeah, uh, I don't no think that,
2: is, <clears throat> I. I will say I don't think No Flexus is a Deftones guy. He definitely strikes me as more like a like just like classic eighties metal like like thrash metal or something that really seems to be like maybe like maybe if it's some there's something modern like american heavy metal yeah so like it's very funny that no Fluxus beat slug twice which like if you think of it in terms of perceived rank like it it is a very impressive victory having the skill to beat a player like slug will probably show that no Fluxus will be a scary opponent for like the the best possible ice climbers that you could come across in bracket now, with that said, I do think it's like, I don't know if I necessarily learned anything new about No Fluxes after this event. I think the his path to third place here is very funny, because it was very impressive. It, it involved getting double eliminated by, by Sheik, by, by someone like Juicebox. It's just like, when you really look at it and think about like the way things could have turned out, you know, before the event, maybe you could have seen if you knew who knew no fluxes were going to play. You would think something like, "Oh yeah, like I, I think he could do that," and like him doing that, I, I, I think this is like near the peak of his performance, right? But I just don't know if it's like, if it's telling us something that we don't know about what he's capable of with like the right circumstances. It's and hard for
0: this, like, yeah. for the the players that we saw that this the caliber players that we saw. Uh, I mean, it's like perfect, like net play stuff, right? Like, what did we come yeah. out of net play knowing? Not a, not a ton. We didn't. We did learn a lot of stuff, but for having like one to two events every day of the week for a year, you know, a year that Slippy was out, a year plus, um, what we learned was kind of like shockingly low. Because when you look at the players who are below the top 100, below the top 150, you know, that area right there, they're really good, and yet. How they can do is so varied. So it's like what No Fluxes did. I, I would not have called it, but I'm not very surprised by it. But I also probably would not jump to say that this is like very easy to replicate on his end. uh Yeah, had like I have like ten will... majors. I'm not sure if you would do the same thing at like nine of them.
2: Yeah, I I want to mention that it's funny. I mentioned Wally as someone who I thought with the right bracket could have won the event. But if I had to pick someone like considered by people to be like a worse player than Wally, that he could that could maybe like give Wally like an otherwise very steady player trouble, No Fluxus would probably be near the top of that list. I think No Fluxus is just kind of like strangely. I I think his place at, in like a major field or a regional field is so bizarre. It's like this is like if No Fluxus runs into like J at a major or net or net play t- tournament, it's over. There, it's like, it's like literally hopeless. There's no chance that he will win. But if you give no fluxes like a, a bracket with like Bobby Big Balls or like a Falco player, like even Magi, honestly, or and like maybe like a like a peach player who who's not familiar with Ganondorf, like I, I don't know, like no, a very, yeah, a very bizarre matchup, spread indeed.
0: He, um. He reminds me of the melee equivalent of something that uh, used to go by a name that I don't think anyone would call it nowadays. But he's like the melee finger trap, right? Like, the more you you want to beat No Fluxes, I think the more he will beat you. It's just like this weird thing if you have to go in uh, and, like, not care about what happens. And I think that you win. But, like, the people who are like, oh, God, I really hope I don't lose to No Fluxes. I think those are the people who yeah, go Yeah, it's, it's over. It's over.
2: You've you're, already you're, lost. You're your enemy's fed
0: alive. Yeah,
2: Ganon I think is like the ultimate fear character.
0: The moment, what is fear? the moment, famously asked by Ganon himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's like, uh, yeah, the second you show fear, Ganon's right there with the the punch, so you gotta watch out. Uh, yeah. oh, we're talking
2: about no fluxes. Oh my goodness, on a on a yeah, I think on a show we, about we... Smash Con.
0: We we went uh a little over our no fluxes time. We I I was trying to get like a shot collar on you. So if you talk about no fluxes more than two minutes, you just get voltage. But uh, unfortunately, our producer couldn't set that up. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're talking about SmashCon. Uh, this is like a very fun event because there's a lot of people who. Like there's a lot of people who this is like a perfect opportunity for them to really shine. And we did see that we saw Juice Box, we saw No Fluxes, we saw the caliber of player who I don't think many people would know on like that level. You know, we saw Krike, uh, Skirzo. Like if you just look at this bracket itself, I think this is probably the first time that maybe a lot of people who'd be watching an event of this caliber would know these players are seen them this far. This is really cool, but it's also because we saw a lot of dropouts. Um, our top seed, Logan, also a dropout, who initially had to, uh, you know, he dropped out. He wasn't able to attend, and they were able to find uh, a way to attend. So they got subbed back in. But the players who we saw at one point signed up and dropped, Zayn and Leffen, uh, both of whom I assume were just kind of like uh, very optimistic signups, like just in case anything changed, they have a slot. I wasn't very surprised that they dropped. We saw Hungrybox drop, Wizzy, Ginger, Swedish Delight. I mean, the question that I think that I I want to pose to you two, um, what what do majors look like in the future? Because after having seen what SmashCon looked like for Ultimate, which was one of the biggest majors of the year, which for Ultimate means a lot because they are are having a lot of tournaments with top-level play. Um, we look at Melee, we have Smash Summit, and we have Riptide, which did not have Zane, did not have Mango, and uh, obviously you know, did not have Leffen, um, but it's hard to really blame him for that. So w- what is the future of Smash Majors in terms of Melee? I-, I guess is the question that I want to pose to you two. Anok, you have any thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, so I think... So, I um this is just my my starting Im- impression on this, but I think that for the most part like it depends on how Genesis goes next year. That's that's what I think. I think it depends on how Genesis runs, how how safe it is, how many uh, like how T.O.s get a better idea of what the risk is to to run an event with a certain amount of people. I think uh, depending on how the rest of the pandemic goes, like on additional variants or vaccines or whatnot, it seems quite likely that the very best players might be a little bit more selective about what they want want to go to. You know, if it's Genesis or the Big House coming back in 2022, I think Zane, Mango, IBDW, and Hungrybox, and Wizard will be there. But you know if if the, if there is other tournaments that feature a lot of mid-level talent and a lot of players like border, borderline top 10 or so um I think without knowing what the future of covid has and its impact on events and even like without information for TOs to make decisions for players to make decisions based on like breakthrough cases or anything like that I find it very difficult to see a future in which the very best of the field Don't only go to the premier like tier one events and summit. I think they're. I think it's very likely that we see them take it easy over the next half a year or so. Which isn't to say that mate that big regionals won't be really exciting. And it's not even to say that you know maybe maybe if if they're all in the same region at the same time that they enter something. I just I I find it unlikely. Yeah, because we're just in a time of uncertainty with Mm -hmm. regards to that stuff, and I can't blame them. I don't blame them.
0: Yeah, Justin, I want your take on this, but I, I do think that Edwin's take it's like unfortunately the the smartest one is that uh we live in we still are living in the reality of COVID, uh and having multiple tournaments within weeks of each other, uh and, and going to them is you know, not only does it take a toll, it's probably not smart to go to. Um so I, I especially we look at someone like Zane, we look at someone like IBW. Uh, I do believe that they are, if not living with, I think you know, they they see their their family a lot, uh, and it's kind of like you incur risk when it comes to that. Uh, I'm not like saying that Ultima players are being dumb, but I I, I don't know. I, it is kind of funny to see a lot of top melee players making some some pretty um, like calculated decisions about what tournaments they should go to, and not really seeing the same from ultimate. But I don't know like how much further to dig into that um but yeah i think that this is kind of a tournament that we have not seen something snowball this hard but it's the combination of not having Zane and mango you know mango someone who doesn't necessarily have to prove something at the moment and also lives on the other side of the country uh and then from there you just have players who drop out and and suddenly it becomes a pretty cool regional but pretty different than what we first thought um justin what are your what are your thoughts on this
1: i think there's a couple of things to take away from this the first thing is like at this at riptide and at low tide city there were more dropouts for top players than we've seen in the past and that's also mm-hmm. like with what an said uh in part due to the uncertainty of things of variants of living with people who are immunocompromised or and not wanting to potentially cause harm it's we've seen i actually don't think we've seen something at smash con yet but i would be shocked if we didn't but every single one of these majors has had a case of covid even if everyone has been vaccinated or had negative tests prior to the event it's inevitable with the amount of people who are there i think and it's also worth noting with this instability that for a lot of these top melee players there is one thing that is stable and that is streaming and a lot of the top Melee players who dropped or didn't even intend on going in the first place streamed Con watch parties or streamed Top 8 and watched along with the chat because that's a stable way to continue making income and without having to put anyone at risk or having to place well at an event where it's uncertain who's going to be there. Um, another thing that's of note, and I'm not blaming this specific event as a reason for people dropping out, I think it's just something that ended up happening as a result uh, it it might have affected things, but um, there was the Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl uh crew battle between the Melee and Ultimate players, which happened. If I am, I may be completely wrong with this, and feel free to call me out if I am. I believe HungryBox was actually at Super Smash Con in the hotel and played his crew battle from there. A bunch of the Ultimate players, I know, DeBuzz, I'm pretty sure DeBuzz was one of them, played the Ultimate crew battle uh from the hotel room, and all of these players would pay two thousand dollars to just play in this crew battle if i'm not mistaken as well two thousand dollars was more than the first place prize for super smash con so it's like if you're choosing between staying home getting money for streaming for a couple of days and just playing nickelodeon or traveling to a tournament potentially risking covid having to play for three days pay for a hotel room pay for transport and play for an extended period of time for less money it's like if mango and zane aren't there and if there isn't that much of a pot bonus it's like there's a pretty clear choice if you're a top player i think with that in mind i do think that the genesis level events the the big house the super majors and smash summit obviously i mean smash summit is like its own behemoth at this point but i believe that super majors and not as Riptide is like i think riptide's like right underneath the super major tier but i think for like super majors I think those will be pretty safe in terms of seeing top player retention and not seeing as many dropouts. And also as we figure out what's going on with the future of COVID and how stable things look, I believe that these sort of events will also have less dropouts and less DQs because a lot of the players who ended up dropping out and DQing, not all of them are like full-time streamers or anything like that. Mm. Uh, Some people have other commitments and other things that come up and it's like, as everyone drops. It will snowball, like you've said before. It's just as things become more certain, less snowbally occurrences like this will happen. I think. So, yeah, that's my take.
0: I think you know we we've seen this um, before, even before COVID. Was we saw the idea of top players choosing to not go to an event to stream, um, and I, I think that was definitely something where before we had like a complete stop to in-person tournaments. That was. It was like a thread, but we, we were kind of like never expected it to really um, spiral out of control. Uh, but yeah, we we have had like 18 months plus of people being in their houses. And because of that, if you are a top player, a lot of people probably grew their streams. Uh, and it's the type of thing where in an uncertain time, that is a certain thing to do. It's, it's both safer than traveling. And like you said, Dark Gen X have probably made more money for those people. Uh, we are seeing a lot of tournaments that are not able to get huge pop bonuses for one reason or another and and you look at like smash con where <laughs> the the biggest uh prize pool there was for for Nickelodeon uh for all stars brawl, which is given by the uh the developer and obviously Nintendo's not going to be doing that for for melee or or ultimate A time soon um so for a lot of people, it makes more financial sense to stay where they are and uh grow their stream but yeah I, I i'm willing to so you guys mentioned genesis and i think that genesis i'm not worried about in terms of top players showing up uh the one that's kind of going to be the make or break to me is main stage main stage we're going to see it coming up it's uh I believe the Actually, i don't know if it's the middle or the end of november but it's coming up in it's november mid. it's
1: mid wow i will check this right now Main I'm, I'm fairly, I'm oh, fairly sure no, no, it's no, in,
2: no. in the middle <laughs> no, no, of November because yeah. I won't be able to go because it's my honeymoon that or my delayed honeymoon that week. All right,
0: flex. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with main stage. I'm married, start. by the way. <laughs> we're gonna see six slots for for uh Smash Summit Smash on twelve, uh, and and I think that that could be something to to really like kick a lot of top players and, and like make them actually go to events. Um, because right now as it stands, you know, if you are entering like a smash con, really, you don't have a ton to gain other than, you know, the whatever money and prestige come with it. And like we said, it's not as much money as it would be streaming in terms of prestige in a year with presumably without a top 100 rank. You know, what does winning one of these events mean to a lot of people? Um, so yeah, it is something that's kind of weird, but what we will have, uh, we're going to be seeing some top level play at smash world tour so if we mentioned someone like leffen who uh was signed up for smash con fall fest and obviously not able to attend uh we're gonna talk about the european event for smash world tour so we we actually do have leffen sign up for this uh would be the first in-person turn that we'd see him at probably since smash summit uh nine all the way in february 2020 so uh yeah, you know, we we talked about smash world tour a few times on this show before this is the the circuit uh thrown by the the smash world tour people uh obviously you know a lot of people would know them for their work on stuff like smash con um you know a lot of the people who work on that also vgbc such as gimmer and such um so this is a melee and ultimate kind of uh circuit uh that will eventually lead to a finals and i think all the events that we've seen so far we, we've seen the central american one and we've seen some some ultimate ones they've all been pretty cool but the ones that i'm excited for most are the ones that are coming up in the next few weeks so this is going to be you know this uh weekend that we're coming up on is going to be both the north american west and the european and then the weekend after that we're going to see the north american east so i think both of those are going to be really interesting but before we get into the juggernaut that's going to be North American West, let's talk about Europe. Um, and Edwin, I know that you are you are a big European head. Uh, I know you had your planned honeymoon supposed to be there, and then COVID happened. Um, mm-hmm. Probably something I didn't have to bring up. That sounds very sad. But uh, let's let's talk about the you know, the sixteen players who we're going to see here because this is a really cool. We did get a chance to talk about these earlier, I believe, when they got revealed. But it's a really cool mix of um, people who are up-and-comers in, in the uh, COVID era, and people who are who are like mainstays throughout Europe's uh, rich Smash history. So, uh, do you have any anything particular that you wanna wanna say to about this? Yeah,
2: I I want to bring up a really interesting development in the UK, which is that. For the first time, I think, in recent memory, I checked this with Okamide, and he said that he wasn't sure, but he thinks that this might be true, that this is the first year where, if this holds up for another two months, it'll be the first time that somebody in the region has ever held a positive record in a year over Professor Pro. Right wow. now, Frenzy, after years of getting kicked around and put... And basically imprinted on the back of Professor Pro's hand, he is up seven to six against him this year. So depending how on how things turn out at Smash World Tour, depending on how correct, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Frenzy. Even even in person, he is um, he is beating Prof. Like he's beating Prof and going back and forth. And that is something where if if you've been following UK Melee for a while. There have been great players that just run into Prof and get obliterated. And even when Frenzy first started taking sets, it was like he would take a set and then Prof would win another 20. Or like he'd take, he'd take two sets and then Prof would win like another 30. It was like, it was a story of Sisyphus, if there's ever been one in Melee. And like this year, it's, uh, this year Frenzy's really taken a step forward as far as head to head with Prof has gone. And like this could be his chance to actually like surpass him in the UK. So I think this, per- I I think a showdown between these two and frenzy against everyone else in the European field could be really thrilling and provide a great opportunity for him to like finally put it all together at like the biggest event. Um. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think that the you know so this is an event that uh. If you caught me on ToF stream talking about it, we talked about who we thought might be like the eight players who are going to make it because, uh, along with North America, both East and West, um, Europe also does get eight qualifiers for this. So eight people from this event, top eight placings, will be going to the finals, uh, which are just announced in December, um, which should be super cool. I think that that eight players from Europe gives like such a, a wide range of, of both like notoriety and and just like skill i think we're gonna see a lot of people who have been grinding pretty hard recently who are are going to like really make their name at an event like this um and uh i think hmm do i dare i think we're gonna leak some pools
2: oh do
0: do i dare uh we have some we have some pools for for the european events that are going to go live pretty soon um we are a pretty small stream. Uh we're we're kind of small potatoes and all this whole thing, so uh I don't think there's any reason for us not to leak them. But uh yeah, here, let me uh let me read out the pools and then we can kind of talk about them. There's a lot to like talk about here because I think there's some really cool ones, but maybe we can just kind of point out some interesting matches and then give an idea of uh who we think might might end up qualifying. Um so the first pool is going to be Lefin, Ja Raiden, Kinzo, and Raul. Um, and I just want to say that these pools are, as they stand right now, um, this is a pretty much going to be the final thing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if anything did change, so I don't want to to make it sound like these are one hundred percent what's going to be the final pools. But uh, I believe this should be going live pretty soon. Um, so if hey, this might even go live by the end of the episode, so we might not even be leaking that much. But so first pool is going to be Jawarid and uh, Leffen, Kinzo, Raul. Which should be pretty cool. Second pool, we're gonna see Triff, Nikki, Meaty, and Max. Um Frenzy, Ice, Skullbro, and Sharp. Skullbro and Sharp two late additions to the uh to the European qualifier. That's a
2: wild. Can you repeat that pool again? That is like crazy stacked pool. Ice
0: Frenzy. Skullbro, scrolbro, uh you know if people don't know he is the the Dutch uh Dr. Mario player. And then Sharp, who just narrowly missed the, the same finale. He's uh he is a Swedish uh Peach player who I oh, Sharp I, uses
2: they them pronouns.
0: Uh they are a Swedish Peach player who uh in the melee stats circle I believe is very well like personally I, I like them a lot. Uh, so it'll be very cool to see them. Uh and then pool Z, speaking of Swedes, we got Pipsqueak, Professor Pro, dude. Crazy. We got Ricks and uh, Maya. These pools
2: are so stacked. Oh my god! You're so I, good.
0: I, I, it's so hard to look at these and and you know make any judgment call on what's gonna happen. Uh, this is it's pretty impossible. So,
2: well, I mean, I, I, I think
1: we we can say that Leffen will. We can Lefin's say that Leffen will win up the up
2: event <laughs> and, then I think and the finish storyline.
1: Yeah, the storyline is like, can anyone take down Leffen? Because like, I don't. I think it's a no-brainer that he's gonna qualify. But it's like, all of these European grinders. Like, is anyone gonna be able to take down like the big boss? Can
2: anyone the boss scratch person? the big boss? The the big boss is ta- The big boss hasn't lost any health points, or he didn't lose any health points nope. the last time they fought. He health uh, points. he lost HP, some actual. Points
0: health points in real life yeah you, in real life. You look at his twitter he doesn't seem to be <laughs> yeah. doing the best right now i, I think he's talking about it. he's constantly dizzy and he's got like headaches all the time so i don't really know what's going on with that i, I, I do wish the best for Leffen. uh it seems like there, he, there's some like robert johnson-esque mythology where he like uh met the devil at a crossroads and, and like sell, sold his soul to be good at melee and in return like every time he was about to be the best player in the world something happened be it deportation or uh global pandemic or dragon ball fighters <laughs> you know whatever it might be uh, i feel like leffin's uh ascent to like the number one player role has always been so close and, and yet we've always seen something to come up in the way uh so maybe just right on time this is the weird dizziness spell to to come and uh you know rip the first place uh, uh in the world right out of his grasp but in terms of first place in this tournament yeah, I think it's it's hard to, I think it's really hard to say that anyone will take it over him, uh, as good as we've seen the this field play. I mean, last time we saw Leffen really really play it was Pauline Coliseum, and he won without dropping a game. Uh, like even worst case scenario, I don't think I can see Leffen losing two sets, uh, and not getting first here. You know, maybe he drops a set to someone, but the the idea of him losing two sets, I think, is is pretty crazy uh it would and be exactly wild are i don't think we're gonna see it but um i guess we can talk about some of the players who might be at that level because we are we do have a a good deal of players who i think maybe could scare him you know maybe not someone who's favored over him but we have someone like pipsqueak who i think is amazing um and has done very well versus box leffen uh triff Obviously not the, the scariest versus Leffen, but very scary in terms of just overall matchup spread. Uh, and then you've got, like, some old favorites, like Professor Pro. You've got Ice. You've got uh, Frenzy, as you mentioned, an up-and-comer. I believe Frenzy also took a set off of Box Leffen. Um, I mean, the fact that we have to, like, mention Box Leffen sets <laughs> kind right. of shows you how good Leffen is. But... I. I I think the the race for number two here seems pretty stacked. Dark Gen X. What are your thoughts on uh the, the talent pool that we have here? Like what do you how do you uh view these players?
1: I think that there are a bunch of people I mean I've been I'm not as fluent with the European team, but I've definitely seen a couple of their events and like watched along as uh for instance players like Pipsqueak have been performing really, really well. The aforementioned Frenzy, Triff, et cetera. I do think that in terms of, like, Leffen winning the event, probably taking it, maybe drops a game or two here. Maybe a a scare, but I think I agree with what's been said before. I don't see anyone taking two sets off of him. I do think the talent pool is really deep, and I don't think that, like, the the top eight seeds of the event being, like, Leffen, Jaw, Triff, Nikki, Frenzy, Ice, Pipsqueak, Professor, Pro... I think that there is a world where, like, some of these top eight seeds don't make it. And some of, like, for the sure. yeah. up-and-comers take one of them down. Like, for example, like, I was just, like, I'm kind of cheating. I'm looking at, like, Jiriden's, uh, Smash Chat, and I can see that he's recently lost, or at least on the first page, has lost sets to both So and Raul. So, even in pools, like, who knows what's going to happen out of, this, like, round seeding. Hmm. I know that another name that I recognize that comes out is uh, Max, the, yeah. uh, I think, UK yeah. Sheik? UK. It's the UK UK Ben, basically. like (laughs) Netplay, Grinder, Young, and beating basically everyone. It was my first name. Yeah. So I I think I can see Max doing really well, too, even if he is last seed of his pool. I would not be surprised to see an upset out of him.
2: Yeah, I want to mention, uh, with Max especially, I think, and obviously this happened after a long stretch of, you know, mostly inactivity. I was really impressed by Max at a, camp coney i think for for beating for eliminating sechi from the event even if uh even if sechi hadn't been active for a while like that's a that's a pretty tall order to take down one of one of like the one of, one of like the best and one of the best in the uh in the country i think i think um, i think i think that guy is really solid
0: yeah no matter what sure. current state you think sechi is in uh because mm-hmm. i know that Sechi's not as you know, well prepared as they've been before. But but he's uh he's still a good player, no matter, you know, how uh recently he's he's been like grinding. Um he's still really good and and you can't take that away from Max because that is a very good win for Max. Yeah, I mean we, we talk about Max's pool. I think this one's super interesting. Uh so we have Triff and Nikki as the top two seeds and I think those are people who americans or like you know the general melee scene are pretty pretty uh knowledgeable mm-hmm. about nikki obviously less so than triff but even then nikki has come to america and nikki's done well uh i believe beat albert uh and mm-hmm. beat boyd like well, come to america and have really good wins and uh end up rank- getting ranked top 100 triff obviously had that span where he was like beating any fox player who was not like top five um ended up reverse throwing zane like just incredible results so i don't think triff is someone who needs to be explained but we've got two killers right here you you already mentioned max and then we have meaty i don't know if a lot of people know meaty uh he's definitely someone who i started to be aware of before the pandemic started just from like some local results uh i knew him as the kind of this like this dark horse martha i like knew nothing about but i would just see really good results. And then throughout the same circuit, throughout the Pallon series, we've seen a lot of incredible results from Midi, Uh And has really placed himself in the contention for possibly the best Marth in Europe, you know, up there with Maillet or McKenzie. Um, which is pretty crazy to see from someone who is, like, you know, would be pretty unknown before the pandemic. Um, so I think that this is a scary pool. You know, you have... Like the the RPS of Marth versus Fox, you have Sheik versus Marth, and then Fox versus Sheik. You have all that happening, uh, so it's pretty really you know it, it's a tough call to see who's going to make it out in winners and who's going to make it out in losers.
2: I think uh, uh, based on based on that pool at least um, one thing one thing that you'll notice going through going through some of Meaty's, like results over the years is that. He did pretty well, um uh, uh he did pretty well like in the early summer and like late spring and, and kind of like like around like June or so. Um it's to be he, fall. Y- yeah. I think um I, I well think he was old. Yeah, I I guess. But uh he was really good against Falco. He, he he had like taken sets from Timmy and Frenzy before. I know that Frenzy uh Frenzy has dropped like sets to him before. He seems really good against Spacey's just just like in general uh the the last two months meaty's been meaty's been slumping a little bit but i still i still would see him as as in, very much in contention for best marth in in europe and i think that uh and i'm actually kind of interested to see how him and max would would do against each other and if meaty can shock uh nikki by any chance i think Triff Triff is a bit of a tall order though that guy is just like so he's just like a like when i see triff play like like even someone like frenzy right. The moment Triff gets a lead, and he's up, like, 1-0 in a set, and he starts, like, floating, like, above right platform or something, and, like, you know that the next fight, the game's not gonna end for, like, another three. Like, Triff with a lead in a set is just, like, so daunting, and, like, and he hits so hard. I think that guy is, like, so, so tough to beat. For like, even the last level Ego, that we uh,
1: Yeah, go so, on, Justin. I was gonna say, just looking at some data at Super Bowl Online, they went game five median Triff, so mm-hmm. might not be as tall of an order as we're saying.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say because you know, we have seen the the Triff Classic a lot. Is you know he will uh, he will make his way to Grand Finals or Winners Finals or whatever, um, and then you will see someone on the other side of the bracket who is like playing the hottest that they've ever played. Like, literally, like, how can anyone lose, like, how can anyone beat this? How can this guy lose to anyone? Uh, And then it'll be, like, 3-1 Triff. It's, like, we've seen that so many times. Uh, So many times have... I I remember Edwin and I watched, uh, I think this was when we were at Pounds 2019, we watched a set that they had uh, between Triff and Ice, and we were, like, so confident. We were, like, yeah, Ice could take this. Ice is so good. And it was just, like, 3-1-3-1 or something. Whatever it was, you know, Triff Uh, I don't know if it's a Peach thing, I don't know if it's a player thing, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's very easy to look at something, um, like a projected match, and and feel like it could be very scary. And then when you look at what actually happens, I I, I do think that he's a little harder to upset than he might seem on paper. Um, So this, I don't know, I mean, none of these pools, even the one we talked about with Levin, I don't think any of these pools are cut out. Um, So, Triff, as good as he is, I don't think that any of this is, you know, necessarily going to sweep the pool, but as far as it's concerned, he he probably has one of the better uh better chances of doing so. Um I wanna talk about we talked about meaty as possibly the best Marth in Europe. I want to mention a pool that has another Marth in it. Uh Maye from, from France. We've seen him for fifteen years. I don't know. I really don't know how long it's been. He's been
2: around forever. It's been
0: a while. Um Someone who has not really made it to America a ton. I, I think that they might. He might have gone to uh what like a Gomel. Um, so so we definitely see him at North American events. Um, but he's in a pool with three Fox players, which normally could be a, a pretty juicy pool for any any Marth player. But uh, when you look at it, it's Pipsqueak, Professor Pro, and Rix, uh, the the German Fox player. And it's hard for me to say that this is like a very good pool for my uh and that's not me saying that he's bad it's just me saying that all of these fox players i think are so so good um justin as a fox player yourself a top 64 at lacs top 16 at smash con uh you you uh obviously have the credentials to speak on these players have you seen these players play have you do you have any uh you know thoughts on their on their playstyles and how they might do
1: i think that pips okay so i haven't seen too much of ricks in general but from what i've seen of at least pipsqueak against marth and professor pro against marth i think both of them are pretty like calculated in terms of their play um a lot of the time the the classic fox mistake is just like over committing a lot and then being scared after being punished after d- just to break it down the most like general general term and i feel like both of them are very good control over their character and stage positioning to the point where i don't think that they're prone to be upset by, like, strong Marth players in the sense that other, like, not to say that either of them are bottom-top 100-level or anything like that, but, like, lower-level Foxes would be more prone to those kinds of upsets. So, I, I think that I'm fairly confident in seeing the Foxes persevere, but that might just be my Fox bias here. Well, I think, uh, we're talking a lot about Fox.
2: I don't think Pipsqueak will go Fox against my a. Pipsqueak, if you've been following that guy on Twitter or watching any of his streams... If you've talked to him about this matchup a lot, he loves playing Falcon against Marth. I think we're going to see the Falcon come out. He and uh, it'd I think be fun. It. We, yeah. we,
0: I believe we saw that against Meaty at uh, forget which same event it was, but I think we saw it at a recent same event. Um, yeah, I mean he's always been the type to like do well in Fox versus Marth. I, I don't think that he's a player who like has a mental block in it, which is funny. Yeah, because I think
2: he, he just was, wants to go Falcon.
0: If you look at his Twitter, it was Pikachu and then it was Sheik. now it's falcon and i think all of those uh you know he, he is a player who obviously has shown great improvement in the past year or two um and because of that he's able to dedicate himself to these changes he's it's not just like this kind of goofy character you know counterpick mm-hmm. um he does seem to actually as good as he is in Fox Marth, it does seem like he actually does want to play these so if he if he puts his mind to going falcon uh I think, yeah. I mean, I'm not about to bet on, uh, on Maya versus Pips, Falcon just because what I've seen from his dedication of the game and what I've seen from his Falcon versus Marth in general, they'd be pretty strong. So that would be yeah, I, uh, something really interesting to see.
2: I will say, for whatever it's worth, they did have a set back in May where, where Maya won 3-2 against Pips Falcon. But I think Pips Falcon, like today in, in October, and I think like heading into this kind of it, I think it's a bit of a different beast than then, then, then it was maybe in May when he was just trying it out yep. because he didn't like the matchup.
0: Something to look out for. Um, well, we've got a, we got a pretty stacked bracket here. Um, we talked about a few of these pools. We got another really stacked bracket to talk about uh, in a little bit. We got, obviously got to talk about the North American West bracket that we're going to see. Uh, before we get to that, let's talk about the... Uh, what we're gonna see qualify. So let's make some predictions. We see eight players qualify. We got three of us here. Uh, we'll each do two, and then we'll we'll each will each do t- uh, two, except for okay, we'll each do three, except for Edwin who does two. I don't know why you're all the right. odd man out. Um, all right. So Dark Janks, do you want to go first? Do you want to do you want to select uh, a player who you think is gonna make it?
1: Okay, so this might be a bit of a stretch, but I think that Leffen has a fairly good shot at <laughs> making it. Just, just, I don't know, just maybe it's the box highest. Yeah. So I think Leffen's got a good shot, and um, I'm not going to pick too crazy. Like, okay. My crazy pick, I think? I think Keenso's going to make it. No, that Ooh, was... What? Yeah. All, All right. Okay. I think he's Never
0: mind. I'm taking... Uh... We're doing, you don't get all your picks at once. You So you picked Leffen. My pick, oh, I, I, shoot. I thought we were doing three.
1: Sorry. I thought we were doing, I was doing my three and then you're doing your three. Okay, no, I got mad
0: that my you bad. took Kinzo from me, so we're taking it from you. We're going to do it. Okay. We're going to do it rounds. So you picked Leffen. Funny. I think Kinzo is going to make it. Uh, he's super <laughs> good. He's ninth seed here. His pool, we talked about. Jaw Ryden. Uh, I think Jaw Ryden's kind of like the, uh, it's like the Luigi problem. You know, it's like the, the Swiss version of Eddie Mexico where super good in general, but if you. Put him against people who he plays very often gets a little scary, and I think Raúl and Kinzo and obviously Leffen are really hard draws for Jaraiden.
2: I agree, uh, it's a tough so, goal for him.
0: And the difference between coming out in winners and coming out in losers is pretty huge in an event like this. So uh I think Kinzo is a really good opportunity. Anoke,
2: uh, I'm going to go with a really boring pick and and go with Triff. I think that I think outside of Leffen, the only person at this event I would say who has like a like a solid chance of scaring Triff is Prof. I think he's got it in the bag over literally everyone else at this event. I would have said Solo Bowl maybe like a year ago would have been scary or a year and a half ago, but we saw what Triff's Fox, uh, how he, yeah we saw how Triff's Fox beat him pretty handily, and we haven't seen much of. And Solo Bowl has just kind of been up and down for a lot of yeah, the years. Yeah, without Solo Bowl at this
0: event, it's kind of. <laughs> without Battle without Sechi, it seems like Triff mm-hmm. kind of uh, gets to avoid some of his biggest bracket demons of the past. Um, oh, Justin.
2: right, Battle is not going here.
0: forgot.
1: Justin, you got another one for us? All right, uh, I'll pick Pip. Overall, pretty consistent. Huge grinder. Uh, we just spoke about his Falcon against Marth and that leveling up. So if even if that was potentially a problem matchup in the past, I could see it not being as much of one now. I think Pip. I mean, he's the person do this pool as well, so I think Pip's a pretty uh safe pick, and I will do that as a safe pick, so I don't have my uh my talking rights taken away from me.
0: <laughs> yeah, watch yourself. Uh, I'm <laughs> gonna go with uh, another German. You know, I, I mentioned Kinzo. Uh, I'm gonna go with Ice. Ice is someone who's always been kind of a gatekeeper in Europe, uh, especially in the past few years, as so someone who would kind of drop off, and then it's like, how good is Ice? Is Ice even top? 100 anymore and then ice would come back and be incredibly good um you know we saw him do very well at genesis 7 we saw him drop some sets to people at saving mr lombardi too but still had some good sets still took a set off of west balls there i think uh and his role in europe has even though he's like been kind of off and on when it comes to attending stuff whatever he does he's still really good and he is that uh the difference between you know uh the players who we see up and coming and the players who have always been there so not sure if we're gonna see him get incredibly far but i in my mind uh i i think he's somewhat of a lock for the top eight position so i'm gonna pick uh a fellow a fellow german i'm gonna add another german to my roster i'm gonna say kinzo and Ice make it edwin who you got oh are you gonna pick a marth
2: no, I, I'm gonna. I'm stuck between. Uh, I'm stuck between two options, and they're the they're the other options that I that I introduced started talking about Smash World Tour in Europe. Uh you know, I think I'm gonna go with. I I think I'm gonna go with Frenzy. I think this is. I think this is the year that he finally takes the throne in the UK. I think he'll make. I think he'll qualify through winners. Justin? That
0: sounds fair, yeah. Prof, prof, yep. uh, or frenzy, incredibly good. Uh, sorry, I was trying to.
1: <laughs> trying to go a little, little uh, fast. I, I, yeah, I jumped prof. the gun. Justin, what yeah. do you think? You you can have prof. I, I mean, I do think prof is going to qualify, but I'll I'll, I'll pick ice. Oh right, wait, you pick wait. Ice. I pick ice. <laughs> you already picked ice. Are you guys are even now?
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Um. I guess you're odd. Since you're I think. Hmm. Sorry, 'cause because. I mean, out of the field, I think that Nikki has a really good chance of making it, but I do like the pool is scary. Yeah. Like, there, it's, there's it's a, a lot pool. of killers in that pool. Mm-hmm. I think Nikki will pull through, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with Nikki. Just
0: all right. How about I give you Prof and I'll take Nikki. I'll have all three Germans.
1: Sure. Go for it. Let's let's do that. Let's do that. Cool.
0: Yeah. I, I think. Uh... I'll talk about Nikki since I picked him. I guess uh, Nikki's a very strong player. His pool seems very scary, but I, I do think that, um, like I talked about, the RPS of like you know Meedy's best chance to get a win in that pool probably would be Nikki. Uh, but also Max being in the same pool as Meedy would be scary, and I I don't think that Max is particularly scary for Nikki. Um, so I, I think how it might end up working out um, as the pool works out. You know, even if Nikki does drop a set to to Meedy or something. Um, I, I still feel pretty confident that he'll be able to make it out through tiebreakers in uh in winners. And then yeah, from from there, I mean, obviously we, we talk about having that uh head start in winners is very uh powerful, but he's also a player who, despite the fact that we've seen this weird puff and this weird Icy's love from him on, on Twitter, his fox is very good and it's very um it's very smart. Uh and I, I think the way that he plays a lot of these matchups are are very disciplined, is very disciplined. Um, and even if we're not going to see him against like Puff, something where I think that he thrives in, I think that in a lot of these matchups he's he's just like very solid. He's not one of those Foxes who I think that has uh, like a a huge deficiency in certain matchups, and in a spread of players like this, I think that, that could take him pretty far.
1: Sure. Well, I do want to say Nicky's Ices are cracked. Yes. <laughs> at a, one of the last shines, uh, he money matched Fable for a Twitter follow and the winner of the match gets a twitter follow uh he decided to go ice climbers and uh he kind of obliterated fable so that that is one of my first Damn. and only interactions with him in real life and i can say firsthand his icies are actually really really good
0: i'm very interested to see if we actually do see the icies uh i i think that his icies could be very funny and possibly you know uh I, i'm not sure if his pool will really if he if he's better off going ICs against anyone in his pool, or or if he will bracket, but I think it'd be fun to see. Um, yeah, but so that that's basically it for Smash World Tour, uh, Europe. I it's really exciting an event. You know, this is the first European event that we've seen in person for a lot of these players. Uh, even though we've seen some events in person for UK, um, a lot of these regions have not been able to have big events that draw, draw out big players. So being able to see a lot of these players in person for the first time since i don't know valhalla three or whatever (laughs) um would be very cool so i'm I'm very excited for this and i'm also very excited for the return of not only top players such as leffen triff etc etc i'm excited for the return of something that is possibly more near and dear to the heart of smashers and of course you know i'm talking about the edwin budding stock exchange
2: all right so it's been a while since we've done this we just uh you know what, I really wish we had a good, good excuse for it. I, I just not really planned it. We, we've had one-on-one interviews, had an opportunity to run the stock exchange. But in case this is your first time tuning in, it's basically like a, uh, it's like a mini-game show that we run, where the other two contestants on the show, or sometimes even three contestants, go back and forth on a variety of topics. So with that said, why don't we jump into our first segment called Buy or, Buy or Sell. So in this in this segment, I name two things, right? Two things in the Melee community or two people, two entities or whatever. And you have to buy one and you have to sell the other one. So because this is, um, because this Wheat is at home, I'm going to have the first. Uh, home court advantage. I, yeah, yeah, because Wheat has home court advantage. Justin, you're going to lead this segment, okay? Awesome. And you got 30 seconds to answer the first question. Sure.
1: Buy or sell, J-Flex or Drefen? My New Jersey heart tells me to buy Mr. Flex. But selling Drefen is crazy. Like, wow, this is hard. Okay, I'll say this. Drefen stock is very good. Extremely good player. You got five seconds. always has been. Okay, buy J-Flex, sell Dreffen. J-Flex stock to the moon. Okay. All right. We,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, JFlex performances recently has been someone who is like a top seventy player, which is something that we really haven't seen from JFlex ever. You know, even though he made top one hundred at some point, I think this is the best he's ever played. That being said, I literally don't think Drevenstock will ever go down. Uh, the only time it will ever go down is if he's projected to play a sixteen-year-old fox in bracket. Uh, but other than that i think that Drefin will literally be 60 years old and still be able to make top 32 at majors uh and for that reason i find it really impossible to sell Drefin. so i will buy and sell jflex
2: all right for the second part of the segment uh we is going to be answering the question so we buy or sell flash or jmook uh
0: <laughs> i mean this is kind of like saying if i'm buying Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, because uh, I'm not sure if I really expect either one to go out to events uh, often enough for this to matter. Uh, but I'll buy Flash. I mean, our very good dear friend Logan called Flash better than Ginger. And uh, I, I do think that while J uh, Jmook is really good in Sheik's you know, bad matchups, I, I do think that uh, the way that I see Flash play it's like a really great understanding of the game and I think that if he were to be dropped in like a random major top eight I think he would thrive more. Uh and also I have not seen giffy cats of J Mook beating up PPMD So you're
2: so you're buying
1: Flash selling J Mook. I'm
0: buying Flash selling J Mook. I've not seen J Mook beat up PPMD in a giffy cat.
1: Alright. Dark Genics. I have seen J Mook beat up IBGW in a giffy cat. And might be my tri-state bias and also might be my knowledge of attempting to get J Mook to come to a nightclub. But I think that Jmook has a higher chance of entering a real-life tournament than Flash does in the next five years. I have a lot of respect for both players. But in terms of attendance, I think that Jmook has a higher chance of doing things at events because he will attend them. So in that case, buy Jmook, sell Flash. Now, I don't want this... This
0: doesn't count. This is after the fact. the When I say say it's not going to count, I will say, if Jmook really cared about attending events... He would not have left me on red with a very, very good opportunity to play. Um, That's all I'm saying is that if he really wanted to attend events, maybe he wouldn't leave your boy wheat on red.
2: (laughs) All right. I'm I'm glad that I'm glad you got to share. All right. And for the last buy, buy or sell question, Justin, SoCal in 2014, or SoCal right before the pandemic in 2020?
1: Wow, that is a hard question. Oh my. I think that SoCal right before the pandemic has had some of the strongest players come out of SoCal in probably like eight to 10 years or so in terms of like national peak. SoCal has always been one of the best regions in the world some of the strongest players i think the modern era has got it i'm not gonna lie uh i'll give it to yeah
0: i agree with my friend here um you know you look at you look at 2014 and you have some of the best players around you have mango s2j lucky fiction you look at 2020 you have some of the best players in the world mango s2j lucky fiction but you also have Someone by the name of Android Zero, aka the best player to ever grace this earth. Um, And while I do think that the up-and-coming talent like Android Zero, Null, Nut, all very impressive for SoCal, um, we have to mention that in 2020, pre-pandemic, you had SFAT and you had IBW. So while you don't have people like Fly Amanita, who's from the 2014, I think that the addition of IBW, SFAT, uh, plus S2J better than he was in 2014. Fiction better than he was in 2014. I, I think that it's not crazy to say that. Um, 2020 has it.
2: All right. So we're gonna run. Also, west an... balls is
0: more irrelevant in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> we're I would run, west run balls.
2: A... <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna run a new segment on the stock exchange for its return. And this new segment is called "What's It Worth." so i'm gonna name a stock in the scene and you're gonna tell me just give me a general potential rank range on what this stock is worth well in this there week there like
1: what is low and what is high like is there a lowest yeah. and highest
2: yeah you yeah, give me like their range like around where you see them
1: well in the... wait <laughs> well, like what's the scale like 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 one, to 10, like, one, one to like one to
2: like one to 150 okay one to one hundred. One, one being, one being like Zane or Mango right now. Oh, 100. so like
1: where they'd be on the MPGR. Yes. Okay. Oh, why okay, didn't I, I just got say? Why didn't it. I just yeah. say yeah. that? Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. We okay. Now like I get it. I get now. it
2: now. Sorry, I'm I'm rusty at this. <laughs> they like so, you want to say Zane? Like I've been like one hundred
1: fifty.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we, the first <laughs> yeah. question for what's it worth? What's it worth, uh, Doctor Lobster?
0: Sixty-eight. Sorry, am I supposed to elaborate on this? Yeah, you're
2: supposed
3: to elaborate.
0: Dr. Lobster, uh, you know, he's been my pick for like always a player who was not top one hundred, uh, and then would just one year pop off and end up being in the sixties. Uh and I think that this is kinda his year. He is someone who in uh I believe he's in New Hampshire for a school. Yeah. This is true. Um so in new england events he does really really well and when he is back in i think he's long island normally if he's ever back in long island i expect him to do well there I, I think that his matchup spread is very good against the new england players and i think that having you know the ability to to punch up at that level and be very consistent against players in his uh, era sorry in his uh you know echelon um that works really well for a player like him i'll say 68 i'm not entirely sure if i know what we're doing here but 68 eights going to be
1: my number. All right, Justin. I would give him, like, probably an 88, but that's more because I don't think that he's the kind of player who would be traveling to nationals. And not just discredit New England or anything, but, I mean, I, I've spoken with Gene on Tom about this many times as well. New England internally right now, outside of its top three, being Warmer, Calvar, and uh, Dr. Lobster, is probably at the weakest it's ever been. And when Doctor Lobster does play out of region, like he has been swooper a couple of times, but at the Trail Invitational lost a JFlex amount money. Definitely a player with a good matchup spread. Definitely a strong player, but not necessarily a player I could see in like the sixty range at the moment, at least. If he were to travel, I could see it, but I don't think he's going to travel. So that's why I'd probably say a player in like eighty, like lo, like eighties to nineties on MPGR. So yeah. All right,
2: Justin. For the next, what's it worth? What's it worth? Asashi. Fifty-five.
1: I think Asashi is... Extro- I think that Asashi is really, really good. Like, watching him play is, like, wild. He does, like, some co- like combo trees. I have seen, literally never seen Falcos do that before. I've heard his Fox was cracked. Now on Falco, the guy's nuts. Uh, Does really well in SoCal. He's, like, he's not a player I would have expected to pop off this hard through net play results, and yet here he is, like, just owning a lot of the players in SoCal where you wouldn't expect it in the past. Maybe I put him a little high, but I think is really good. And I Take it away, we... I'll put it a go.
0: 85. Uh, but next year, 54. <laughs> no, I think, I think Asashi is uh, a really strong player. I mean, yeah, you talk about uh, SoCal before the pandemic. We talked about that earlier. I think that he was not very well known to pop off, and then it, we see post- post-pandemic, you know, return socal and he's doing really really well um the issue that i think with socal is that like it's really there's a lot of really really strong players and i think while you're able to make your mark by like getting wins on them um, i think that there's only so far that you can go by being like mostly negative with players which i imagine given enough sets he would be mostly negative with the top socal pr um so i'd put him around what like curve or something got last year so i'll say 85
2: and for the last "What's it worth" segment, we tell me what is No Fluxes worth?
0: Uh, I mean, it's really impossible to give like an uh, energy to this guy. I would say uh, square root of negative one. I think that it's a, it's an imaginary number for No Fluxes. It's like literally impossible for our minds to wrap ourselves around how this guy plays. Um, I mean, as it stands right now, what he got like third, fourth, don't uh. At SmashCon, third, yeah, third, wow. Uh, I'll give him the if he if he makes top one hundred instead of like being too enigmatic to actually rank. Like if players can actually wrap their heads around him, I think that he'd be a great one hundred. Like I think that that's such a the story history of people to get one hundred him, two saint, uh, Ken. Like uh, I I think he fits perfectly in that pantheon. So if people can can like actually understand this enigma that is no fluxes i think he'd be a very fun 100
1: and justin one no fluxes is the greatest player to ever live okay but i think that in terms of where he'd be on the mpgr i'd agree with weed i was gonna say 99 i think that he is a player who results wise has a very interesting matchup spread can show up at the majors when needed given the character given the player has the fear factor of Ganondorf and also losing to CLM's greatest villain, the Twitter presence of a top 100 player, and he's, <laughs> he's going to be there. 99. All right. Twitter presence would be like
0: 10. but <laughs> Twitter presence is one, easily. <laughs> it is one, for the yeah.
2: For the last segment of the Edwin stock Exchange, uh, familiar listeners will already recognize this, it's called Market Watch. It's kind of just like a grab bag of open-ended questions so justin with Kadoran as the invading west coast player at this week's nightclub which nightclub regular would you consider the scariest
1: sleeper opponent for Kadoran? well in terms of sleeper opponent i think the obvious pick is whiskers it's yoshi marth the guy's really good uh, he defeated the last West Coast invader, being Kalamazoo. With that in mind, I actually do think that if they play, Kadarin will beat Whiskers, but I think that Whiskers will... I think he could take a game. Um, in terms of sleeper-sleeper picks, I think that Hoborg is someone to look out for. This might be a crazy one. That guy has been secretly really, really good versus Marth. I don't think they're seated to play, and Hoborg would need to make multiple upsets to get there. But I think if they play, hobork could take a game too, even if that is a wild accusation. I think Kotorin is gonna beat everyone else two or three out though. That's except for Aklo, but Aklo is like you know, that's gonna be a close set. And we you got the last
2: word.
0: Uh so when you say this, do you mean uh people who are entered or people who could like beat him in from Tri State, I guess is my question.
2: I'd say people who, who could beat him who are who are entering this nightclub
0: okay so you're asking the to of the nightclub and then you're asking me um man i really don't know who's going uh i'll make up some people jojo would do really well whiskers would do really well just jason i don't know if he's going would do really well
1: jason is going if you want to talk about it for like five minutes we could talk about nightclub because we've got some interesting interesting results yeah maybe maybe if you
0: win maybe i'll let you in so you can uh, talk about the nightclub. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll answer this question. Um, I will say Kador will lose to Wasabi.
1: He's not I'll, on the East Coast.
0: Uh, I will say yeah. that he's going to lose to... Uh... Help Do me you want to list the players
1: going? I can yeah, give can, you a list of the players. Can you give me, so, is
0: B-Bats going? B-Bats is going. I'll pick B-Bats. I think uh, I, that's all I need to hear. I'll pick B-Bats. Mm-hmm.
1: Alright, So, well, for viewers also, for viewers and also just for complete reference, the top sixteen seeds of this week's nightclub, as of right now, are in order: Kadorin, J JFlex, Warmer, Wally, Just Jason, the Swooper, Mont Money, Jojo, Whiskers, B Bats, Dimension, Heartstrings, Kanagar, Hoborg, and Kato. So,
0: wow, all you know, all people that could uh, could be very scary for Kadorin, but obviously none more than old Billy Bats himself.
2: <laughs> All right. So this was a very interesting stock exchange. It was a great back and forth tug of war. But in the end, I have, it, I have to give it to the special guest and the T.O. of the nightclub himself, Dark Gen X. Congratulations. You have won the uh, return, returning Edwin Budding stock exchange.
1: Um, you get a minute to honor. talk about whatever you want. Which is the nightclub, which
0: is why I threw. I threw to give you time to talk about the nightclub. I appreciate
1: it. So I just want to talk about this week's nightclub specifically. It is the final event of the season. So the New York PR is going to be coming out pretty shortly afterward once it's made. It is the most stacked nightclub we have had since probably the first one. Um, Both Kadoran and Akla are going to be there. Alongside all the other people in top 16 that I I mentioned. A couple of uh, heavy hitters that we've mentioned as well. Um, some of the up-and-comers who have been doing pretty well at nightclubs and also at uh, Tri-State events. yo Nels, who's recently beaten 404 Kray, Captain Smuckers, uh, some other, uh, got, I think, top 64 at Low Tide City. Um, ja, who recently got off of a fifth or fourth place at the nightclub, beating uh, kada and also has beaten yo Nels. Nels. Uh, the NorCal transplant Jubby is going to be there as well. Uh, just overall, a lot of good players are going to be at nightclub, so definitely check it out at TTV, NYC Melee, when it is live tomorrow, and we'll see who takes it between Koder and or Aklo, or maybe one of the heavy hitters, because Kodur and Aklo did not play at Summit. They didn't play, a, a said, at Summit, if I'm not mistaken. So, we'll hopefully get to see that. If I
2: can, if I can just say one other thing before we move on to World Tour, uh... Justin, I love you. I respect your I respect your uh, knowledge of uh, of the scene as much as people in melee stats. I th- love you as a member of the Extended Universe. I love you even love Hoburg. I think you're nuts for picking with Hoburg as your pick. To Kadoran I I will be stunned if Kadoran loses to Luigi. I, I cannot see that happening. And you won the point on the last uh, on the last question because we forgot that Wasabi was no longer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of set up, but also um, let the let the record state that uh, the show Calculate would have well. been better if Justin had his opportunity to talk about the nightclub. Uh, and I am not above, like, I, I, I'm not so self-centered where I put myself above the good of the show. Um, so while the record books might show that I lost this one, it's possible to, to look at this as more as a dub for the entire show and maybe the scene at large. Rather Indeed. than an L for Wheat.
1: I agree. I do have a question though, uh Mr. Edwin Budding. Who is your sleeper pick? If you can't pick um Mr. Bats, Mr. Jamie Nino, or Mr. Luigi. Uh honestly I would have gone with either
2: Jojo or just Jason. <laughs> I would I would gone with one of those two. And, <laughs> yeah, and 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 if and if uh, and if not one of those two, my third pick would have been Wally.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought JoJo was too obvious for some reason. I think I like overthought it.
1: Well, have I been mean, game five with Rishi recently, so.
0: Very good player. Should have said it. I would have won. Uh, I'll remember this one. Edmund Bunny and Stock Exchange will not be returning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fans. Hope you like that. Uh, but one thing I think that fans will like is the North American West Smash World Tour event that we're going to see for Melee this week. Um you know we we already mentioned the the European qualifier and how stacked that is. I don't think it'd be crazy to say that we are looking at a more stacked event for North American West. um obviously, anyone who has seen the announcement for this couple things that come to mind. there's no mango there's no axe um as we've seen for the for the last chance qualifier, there are gonna be eight slots there uh for the finals so it's not the end of the world we you know it's possible that we could see some of the top players we were not able to see at the qualifier events there um so if, obviously if you don't see anyone at this event or at the east coast event or any other region uh doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be there but uh yeah i mean i i think that regardless of not having any mango regardless of not having any axe i think that what we have here is pretty cool and with the addition of Plup as someone who uh it's We've said this, right? He's moving to. He's moving. I, I, I was not. Uh, it's very funny when I asked uh, his manager about putting him in West Coast Pools. I was not allowed to be told where he was moving to, but I was told it was okay to move him to West Coast Pools. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone knows at this point. <laughs> but, uh, I'll keep my word. I will not say where he's moving. Or, if I did, I would just say the acronym out loud. Um, but yeah, we've got some we got some really interesting I stuff here. That. That's cool. uh, I caught that. I I am a leaker at heart. I love to leak. I, I cannot stop from leaking and uh you I will leak for the second time this episode. Possibly third if you consider what a leak was. Um I'm going to I'm going to read the pools out for here because we are actually going to go live with these pools. It might not be today, it might be tomorrow. Uh but at this point, yeah, this is pretty cool information. Uh and I I think that for something as stacked as this, it's uh, it's going to be something that's really cool to talk about in depth because the level of talent here could go really all different ways uh, depending on what pools they're in. So uh, we mentioned Plop, so he is uh, he is in a pool with uh, Fat Goku, Captain Face Roll, and Billy Bob. Uh, yeah, Billy Bo Peep, which that is a really interesting group right there, and the groups just don't stop getting interesting. Because uh, we have Pool B is going to be SFAT, Fiction, Bobby Big Balls, and Ty, Arizona's Ty. Um, S2J, Albert, Meds, and Aura, also uh, you know, Oregon's Peach player be- uh, in Pool C. And Pool D is going to see, and uh, you know, we talked about Kadoran in terms of the nightclub. He's actually going to be at this event, which is super cool. That's um, crazy. Kalamazoo, Daki, and Rocky.
1: Oh my god, is that Kadoran? That's crazy. Oh what my! Are you doing here? That's wow. Cool.
0: You should have, uh, you should have... What's up? What's up? I feel like this is all set up. You're gonna pay him off to lose to Hoborg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hey. All right, well, K- Kodori, <laughs> jump on mic. Uh,
3: yeah, I decided to, you know, visit. Uh, mostly for relatives, but, uh, I should also visit to the nightclub and... Also, uh, see what Justin's doing. I heard him say my name from my relative's place, and I, I just walked straight here instantly.
0: Now, I did just reveal your pool. This is the first time you heard this. I did not tell you players what your pool is. <laughs> so I
1: can't hear them. You there can't you. hear them? Yeah, okay, this is good. Yeah,
2: oh. this is perfect.
1: <laughs> he unplugged the headphones by accident. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: by, by tuning and waiting for game, Either from the viewer end or the guest end, you uh, have an unfair advantage in Smash World Tour. You now know your pool. I
3: I would have known anyways if I was watching from the stream.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, if you if you watch uh, melee stats content, you you might get a might get a little bit of a unfair advantage, and maybe that's a reason to tune in. It, 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 um,
3: it could change as well.
0: Maybe it could change. We I I might change it just to spite you. But um, as it stands right now, Kajorin. You are a uh, a favorite to to make top 8 here in the eyes of many. Well, how do you feel about your pool here?
3: Yeah, so how exactly does this work again? Like is it like is anybody eliminated from pools?
0: No, there's going to be a uh, four round robin pools of four players apiece. Top 2 players are going to make it into winners and the top uh, the bottom two players are going to make it out in losers. The top 8 players are the ones who end up getting spots to the grand or the uh world finals in december uh, for
3: those that make it winners are they already considered in top eight or are they need to win one round to make it to i think eight? you need to win one round to get top eight okay right. and so basically second place is proceeding okay yeah uh i feel okay about it uh i know some of those players like Keizu, uh i do not have a good tournament record over him but i have played friendlies with him and uh I don't think he's been grinding, super grinding as of late. That might change, but like when I played him last time, like a month or two ago, didn't look super sharp. And like I, I was like refining a lot in the peach matchup. I mean, like you saw some changes I made versus Polish at Galant I've been like cleaning up a lot, about my peach gameplay just as long as like I'm like I feel like I'm not playing too bad. I I could I could do it. Um, so. It's a it's a good like litmus test I'd say like if I could beat Keizu, I think I'm pretty much on lock for top 8.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh I think you actually did Have you have you dropped a set to uh to Rocky before online? Uh Is that correct? I, I I don't I I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I was going to say despite <laughs> that fact, I I do think that the rest of your pool does seem pretty cut yeah, out and,
3: for you. And Daki... He he will be a challenge, but I'm not too worried about. Like I'd say, I'm pretty heavily favored against Rocky. Like I think my odds are making it out first are like, I give myself like 70, 80 percent chance, and the odds of me making it second is like 95 percent chance. Is like the fair odds I'd give. I do think like, this even,
0: is a, yeah, it's a pretty good pool for you.
3: Yeah, like I was like, even if I were to lose twice somehow, like there's like also possibilities that like the other players can lose twice you know I, I don't exactly know how round album works but
1: <laughs> well it goes to a bracket no matter what so even if you get third you still play in championship yeah yeah
3: but what i'm saying is that even if i lose twice like there might be other players that also happens to lose as well mm-hmm. true so yeah like,
0: it might be a tiebreaker scenario well yeah, you like, know so you are a uh you're the top seed of your pool here mm-hmm. uh and we we talked about how this is a good pool for you i'm gonna show I'm, you
3: i'd be down boy. to talk about other pools as well you know yeah
0: I, how do you feel nope. about... I don't, here, I'm going to send a link to Justin, so hopefully he can show you. Well, Kadoran, um, this is
2: actually really important, but how would you feel if, say, um, if, say, Keizu in your pool is replaced with Hoborg, by any chance? Hoborg?
3: Oh, that's... Uh. <laughs> you know, I've made Luigi players literally quit their main, maybe even quit the game,
0: Like, uh, but
3: ooh, if he wrote a to me, I've, I might have to quit my main. I don't know. That's a, <laughs> that's a tough draw for me.
0: I don't know, Edwin, you might have to reconsider a certain, a certain <laughs> question on the Edwin Bunny Stock Exchange. we have to go back in time. Maybe. But, sure. uh, but yeah, Kudarn, how do you, I mean, this is an open question. Anyone can answer this. But uh, how do you feel about the other top seeds? Because this is like a pretty, your pool's pretty set. But I think that there's uh, there could be some scary pools here. What do you think about the other ones that we have?
3: Captain Face Roll is definitely, like, the heavy sleeper. It's, like, it's either he could pop off really hard or he gets last in his pool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough pool. It's, uh, you know, two Sheiks, which uh, we have seen Plump do really well in the in the Sheik Ditto in times past, and we've also seen Captain Face Roll do well. So that's a tough one. And then both uh, Fat Goku and Billy Bo Peep, I think, are people who have, at times, punched above their weight in terms of the Sheik matchup. So, yeah, I, I think that... uh like Plup has been continually for the past like year, two years, it's been something where you know, how he's going to perform at the end of the bracket by how he does in the beginning, just like seeing his mental game, seeing how attuned he is to everything. Uh, And I think that this is kind of setting him up. Like if he is able to succeed in this pool, I think that his success in the rest of bracket will kind of be, you know, it's all, all set up for success. Um, But if he struggles here, that's a question that I have in in terms of full bracket. I, I think that he's still good enough to make top eight and, and, and qualify. But uh definitely something where if I have like twenty nineteen Plup in this pool, that is something that I get scared about.
2: I do right. wonder what if he if he Sheik Ditto's uh face roll or if he goes fox against them. We've or seen both. Plup do that. Yeah, maybe even both. I mean,
3: it's worth noting that at Riptide he went fox against juice box.
0: Yeah, he's had a lot of uh, a lot of weird Fox sets where you know, he he went Fox versus uh, Axe at Genesis Seven and ended up winning. He went Fox versus Kadoran. and PPU at Genesis. Uh, yeah, PPU. Yeah, he he went all Fox at Genesis. I believe. I think he ended up losing to Army as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He he's had some like it's hard to call his Fox stubborn just because of how good of a player he is, but he's definitely had some times where it's like I feel like maybe Hashik could do better, and he just commits to Fox. Uh, and sometimes we don't really see those results be his strongest. So uh,
3: yeah, I mean, I I happened to rewatch the uh, plot versus Prince Abuset. Like everybody knows the skill is there, but it's just that like he just just randomly doesn't feel like winning at some point. And, uh,
2: out, of, out of curiosity, where did you watch the plot Prince Abuset? Or did anything remind you of it?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh,
3: it, it was it was by uh oh, what's what's his channel called?
1: I M- S. I don't know what it stands for.
3: Yeah, it was, like, the weirdest
1: set ever played. Yeah, Yeah. it was a good video. I
3: I watched it the other game. Uh, I
0: I feel like I've seen that uh, thumbnail recommended, but I can't say I've clicked on it.
3: But, yeah, like, everybody knows Plup will make it out, pretty much. And then for face roll, I'd say, like, it's basically, I think for him, it's a huge test of mentality, because everybody knows he has a skill to make it out, like, in winners, at least, but, like, we don't know what's going on with him. Like, he has not entered a single SoCal local, like, you imagine in 2021, you go back in time in 2019, 2014, whatever, whenever FaceRoll was active, you imagine saying that Santi would enter more locals than Captain FaceRoll in 2021?
2: That's ridiculous. That's
3: crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just crazy to me, but everybody knows he does have the skill. I mean, he did enter, well, it's not a confirmed fact, but not Plup entered a netplay attorney and uh, defeated some Marth. Uh, and apparently, like, Forest socked him or something, or, like, it was not pretty. So, like, he he did well in in that tourney, of all tourneys for some reason, Uh, despite his complaints about online. Like, if he could do well there, then he could probably do well in in offline sets as well. It's just nobody knows what's up with him, and, like, you know, he kind of, like, gives excuses of not attending locals. It's, like, I don't know. Like, everybody knows he's good it's just will we not feel motivated to really give it his all you know that kind of thing or has he forgotten some stuff uh, that's something that i look forward to seeing uh most out of pool A. Eh?
2: that would actually be wild if he had to play three chic fox sets that's a brutal <laughs> for a round yeah r-. but, yeah, but and- weirdly <laughs> enough like he could get into a rhythm but but like the thing is for for someone like facial like he could get into rhythm right? Like maybe he plays really well in the first, like I, like I could see that weirdly working out in his favor, or but but like it goes back to what you're saying, like that like if it's if it, the first set is ugly, like if the other two it, don't turn, yeah. turn up well at all, like
3: definitely like the two foxes are like face rolls limit test, I'd say, um not to mention like I I, I put face rolls like the main storyline, but like Fat Goku and Billy they have their own storylines that. Is like a lot of question marks too. We don't know where they're at either. They haven't attended any majors, but we know they're good. So like they could even beat peak face roll. So it's like, I don't know. All these guys are just really good too.
0: Yeah. Billy, we haven't seen uh, at a lot of events. I think the uh, the Black Empowerment Melee Invitational was something that he was at, did really well, beat Axe there. Uh, and then in person, you know, one of the first wins that kind of gave us like a, a clear idea of how good he was obviously the SJ win was there but the Shroomed win that he ended up getting mm-hmm. uh later on in the year that that was you know a pretty clear indication of his skill level and i think that uh his skill versus she could could come into play here mm-hmm. so we talk about face Roll being someone who we have big questions to mark because of the lack of attendance i there's someone who else who i think another socal player who has a lot of question marks but uh we don't have the issue of, of lack of attendance. We see a lot of attendance, and this mm-hmm. is uh, Pool B right. Fiction. So, Bird. <laughs> Shep Bird. Um, mm-hmm. Shep Bird Lima. Uh, yeah, we, we have seen a lot of his Falco in terms of uh, Redugo West. And I uh, yes. believe, did we end up seeing, he wasn't at like a pizza time or anything, right? He's only attended Redugo's. He just happens to attend like every verdugo. <laughs>
3: well, yeah, because he like just lives right next door. So oh, like... perfect.
0: But yeah, yeah and and I it. mean, like the the level of skill that we see at those verdugos, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. to see him succeed so well, I think.
3: Yeah.
0: Like I don't know if there's a player who he has not taken a set off of at a verdugo. I know he's negative against yeah, some people. He's, he's, but But uh,
3: he's taking a set off of everyone.
0: That's crazy. Uh, it's it's definitely something where. He's very very quiet during the net play season. Um, <laughs> forget I, I, who he lost to. He lost to someone at Nez Mod God uh, Championship he or whatever. Lost to Man
2: Ray. Man Ray. Man Ray. Man Ray. Man Ray.
0: Well, he lost to Man Ray recently. There was like a, a pre-slippy event where he like he was entering a bunch and then he lost to someone and he I just like he, stopped entering.
3: I think he lost to Fat Goku. Complained about it for a long time and then quit.
1: But then he nice. started entering with Laserless Chaco for a while and beat yes. the third seat of his pool without shooting a laser. So. <laughs> Was that uh, when he? Yeah. Beat, are, are you referring to when he beat Bobby, or is this someone yes. else? He, he okay, beat Bobby yeah, without shooting a single laser.
0: Yeah. He he came back from losers. He beat Bobby. Uh, I believe he made Bobby like rage quit out of a game, uh, with, without shooting a single laser in the ditto. Yeah. I mean, his Falco, it's uh, it's something that I've been like trying to to put into words because it's very interesting to me, but I I don't think I'm smart enough to understand. It, it's it's a weird type of thing where it doesn't look pretty but he's able to put people in really, like, good situations of pressure. Um, I know that there was (laughs) was a set where he was playing Nut, and he was down three stocks to one in Sheik-Falco. And I think that if you were to see that situation, especially against someone who recently switched to Falco, uh, it'd be a good idea to bet on this Sheik. But uh, (laughs) for some reason, I was like, I think Fiction's going to win this. Yeah, uh, you can't ever count him out. He, yeah, he came back. He ended up uh, taking that game. I think he took the entire set. Kudoran, as someone who has played him, played his Falco, yes. uh, what's your read on his his type of Falco, especially against other Falcos that you've played? How would you compare him? He's an incomplete Falco. Like, he's someone <laughs> that's very
3: clearly, I, in my opinion, the second best Falco right now. But what holds him back from actually being the second best Falco is like his like matchup's very specific knowledge. And, like, there you are know, the little spots that you can only get from, like, being a Falco main. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is very punishing that if you don't know this very specific spot, y- you die. You just die. And uh, I think this pool is, like, the very obvious storyline is, is Fiction's Falco ready? You know, is it ready to be in the big major main stage? Like, you know, we haven't seen Fiction at a major, and you know, t- trying out your new Spacey in the first big major, you're telling me there's not going to be some side bees off stage. You're telling me that he's not going <laughs> to miss a ledge dash last stock, uh, or do, like, terrible double lasers or side beef on the ledge and get brutally destroyed for it. Like, I know he's he's very capable of beating everyone in that group, but I think it's going to be the test to see, like, how complete is this Falco?
0: Is it complete enough to make it out of this pool and maybe even get top eight? It's, yeah, it, this is a really good test for him. SFAT is someone who has not only been incredibly... For such a long time, but he's also had like a uh, pretty good records against Falco. You know, he's he's had upsets I, here and there. I I would say that
3: SFAT, Fat, this is probably one of his hardest draws of the peop of like the type of opponents he could get because I could yeah. easily see him lose to all of these people. But I guess like it's it's funny that I'm saying this. Fox has the highest chance of of all the people he could beat. It's Ty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, He's just really good at the mark matchup and Ty is not someone that's like very consistent with his punishes. So of all the simulations, I think S fat is at least gonna beat one person and it's Ty. But he's t- dropped multiple sets and TMTs against Bobby and I don't have any like he could also lose to fiction as well if he could lose to Bobby. And it's usually when I see S Fat is playing a, like in his like off game, C game ish. So like you know, it, it kind of depends on what kind of SFAT shows up. The one that's, like, really prepared, eating broccolis right before his set. Or, like, he's playing a C game, and I'm seeing him get, like, double-lasered by uh, Bobby and Fiction. And just being stuck and gets death comboed. Uh, and, and I see this fox is just stuck in shield. So, like, I think this is a really hard draw for SFAT. So he needs to show up at, like, at minimum
0: his B game it's a volatile pool in general because you mentioned S fat, um, S someone who we've seen do really, really well on big stages and, and we've mm-hmm. seen him get upset. You know uh, we look at another pool that has Rocky Rocky's big break was beating S fat at shine. Um, yeah. So like, we definitely see upsets uh, at the hands of Falco uh, in terms of uh, like S fat's big upsets before. Um, but also fiction we talk about, this is his first time putting Falco on like uh, in a, group of people outside of socal bobby is someone who is like the definition of a of a volatile player the the play style that he plays seems to when it works it works and and it's kind of hard to, to keep up you know we, we did just see him lose to bats uh this past week at smash con fall fest and ty you know I, I do think that ty is a very good player but but this group of players um even though they're all spacies, i think that Kind of a tough draw for a marth of ty's uh you know skill level, but that being said it's it's still a marth in a pool of three other spaces. so this is a pool that compared to the other ones I think uh I think it could end up kind of all different ways
3: yeah my my read of Ty is that his peak is like getting out second in the pool, like I could see him being fiction and Bobby uh, I don't really see him being s fat even if it's like d game uh yeah, but yeah, it, 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 even Bobby could just randomly pop off uh, and, and get out second, maybe, or or maybe even first. Uh, so it would be interesting. I think that one has the most volatility by far.
2: You know, s- something cool that's. Cool
1: that's ki- just see sorry, go on, Justin. Of, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I think it's just kind of cool, like seeing the kinds of pools where it's like anything can really happen. It's not really clear who's going to come out as the first seed, anyone can lose to anyone else. And. Not to just not to say anything about like any of the player skills. It's just they're all just so good, and all either have great matches with each other or have bad draws to each other. It's like who's who's playing better that day, and I think that it'll it'll be good melee. Like whoever is gonna whoever's watching that pool is gonna be in for a treat.
2: You know the the, the last thing I want to say about this pool is that I don't know how Fictions Falco will like impact his life lifetime trend against fat. Because if you look historically how those two do to each other, like, versus each other across all eras, like, SFAT has been a really big thorn in fiction's side. Like, even when fiction was uh, starting to do well at bigger regionals and come back to SoCal locals and grind a lot more in, like, late 2018 and 2019, you know, when when SFAT came to town, like, he he had fiction's number, like, very solidly, and he would just keep beating him nonstop. And I'm kind of interested to see if... uh, if that dynamic changes at all that now that fiction is not only playing a new character, but actually playing a character with whose top level representatives have given S fat, like a bit, like even outside of mango, like have given, like are, are known to give S fat trouble. So I wonder how that impacts, like how their, uh, head to head will trend for now in the yeah. future.
3: Yeah. Now that you bring it up, uh, if that trend keeps coming out, uh, I I don't see SFAT going lower in a second, then. Because I could definitely see a bunch of Backdo shines, and uh, that's more effective against Falco than it's against Fox, so and some taunts.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw SFAT do that to Mango in uh, 2016, the the shine <laughs> yeah. 2016 into uh, Clutch City Clash. So if he could do it to Mango, he could, he could definitely do it to someone who hasn't played this character for more than, like, a year and a half or whatever. Um, so definitely, definitely a pool that, hey, I think all of these pools are going to be really awesome, but uh, I think we mentioned the first two pools, pools A and B, I think are probably the most volatile. Uh, we mentioned your pool, Kadorian, uh, but let's talk about pool C. The... Pool C is going to be S2J, Albert, Meds, and Aura. Um, so that's a pretty cool group of people because I don't believe that we saw a lot of these players at majors yet. S2J was only at low-tier city, uh, or low-tide city. I believe Albert mm-hmm. went to that one as well. But in terms of Meds and Ara, we have not seen them uh, at in-person events. And Aura, we've we've really barely seen online. But when when he was playing, uh, they were doing really well. You Had a set on Axis Pikachu, which uh, online, what does that even mean?
1: But like, regardless, awesome. <laughs> some, some okay results. But also speaking about like sets on Axis Pikachu, I mean, and Meds has been showing up locally to all the AZ locals and. I think for the first time in a very long time Mm -hmm. has been ranked number one over Axe in region, has a very strong record against Axe, and has been doing really well, like, just in the Arizona scene. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see him making an upset on either S.J. Albert. I think his matchup spread's really good, and that he's been a very strong player. Even, like, his online results are fairly, like, the TMT's interest he does very well enough, if I'm not mistaken. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see if Meds were able to take out one of the top two seats, if not both. Just someone who maybe overlooked as he doesn't entered any like larger in-real-life events recently.
0: He's been entering
1: Codorn. a lot of uh, TMTs, right, Gadorian? Yeah. Uh,
3: funny enough, uh, Meds and SCJ, the two consistent TMT entries, although they tend to uh, enter when Ider isn't there, so maybe they're dodging. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they tend to win. S J wins pretty much every time. Mets is like eighty percent of the time, I'd say. Uh, I'd say the sets that he loses is when his Mart's not really on point. So, uh, if I like on paper, this looks very clear cut. S J Albert, but there's a lot of question marks. Like you would expect in low tight city that oh S J Albert, their S J is gonna win easy top two minimum. Albert top six minimum. Uh, like shouldn't be losing to you know Puffs and Peaches. But we didn't really see that. Like, maybe, like, they forgot how to handle tournament pressure or they just haven't really refreshed certain matchups. So it's like, that's also, like, a big question mark. Is like, did they clean up some slot that they were dealing with at Low Tide City? Because, like, you know, like, who would predict S FOP beating STJ and Gatsu beating STJ? Like, those are like, it's not an excuse that he doesn't know this matchup, like, he he does. So it's like, is it like maybe like nerves or like he wasn't prepared very well so like that's like the big question mark.
2: Doran, you're someone who uh who knows Falco pretty well, not just because I of do. a, you know, like your your good record against like the top falcos, but also coming up in Socal with deer squid and everything. I want to get your I want to get your read on Albert cuz this is a guy that um when Tofu and I talked about the uh, Smash World Tour like on the West Coast field. I brought up the fact that Albert. I feel like I I just don't have a read on this guy. Like what what his like Falco style is. What like what to expect from him? Because every time I I see him like you know in an SCL or something, it's like oh Falco's here or Albert's here. Yeah, I guess he'll do pretty well. But I don't know if he'll beat Polish. Oh, he beat Polish. Uh, that's great. But like Gatsu's pretty. T- oh wow, he beat Gatsu. And like I feel like he's just he's like one of those sleeper players who like. Like, you you think about, like, the the second or, like, third level of Falcos, right? We talk about ginger in fiction, but then you got, like, people, like, like, I mean, if you're a real believer, you think of, like, Flash, then you think of, like, Magi, Magi, maybe. I feel like, or, like, Bobby, I feel like uh, Albert's not that far off, and I feel like he's very much in that, like, conversation with them, and I want to get your read on, like, what to expect from him, and, like, what you think his strengths are.
3: Well, I could probably say that albert is definitely playing nickelodeon more than melee right now i don't <laughs> oh boy. blame him for that uh, he's very you know, good he, he, made, what I he heard. made more money than me participating <laughs> in the crew battle that's for sure um I, I would say that albert's kind of like a more active santi like he has like all this accumulated skill and knowledge throughout his years of playing because you know I don't know people think of Albert as like a new school player, but he's actually played for a very long time. And, you know, when you play for that long, you don't just simply forget some things. Like, you know, the reason why he could just show up and do well out of nowhere is because, like, he still remembers. But at the same time, uh, when you don't put in the effort and practice anymore nearly as much as you did before, it's like, uh, like you're going to drop some sets to like double puffs. Like, that's going to happen. Uh we only see one Peach. I think Albert is significantly stronger against Peach than he is against Puff, uh, given how, uh, I saw some complaints from Blue's Clues sometimes about how Albert just bullies him all the time. And, um, you can't really ever count out, like, as Mega would say, around this level, you can't really count out Falco versus a, uh, a Fox. Although it's possible Mets could go Marth, but I, I kind of doubt it. But, uh, and I don't know if Albert's really taking sets off of SCJ, but I, I I feel like it's possible in my head. Uh, but I, I definitely favor SCJ's 7-3. My read is that Albert's going to grind really hard last second, after he's done with his Nickelodeon grind, <laughs> and perform like up to second. I don't think he's going to get first, but I think he's going to get second from like you know the last minute setting he's getting in.
0: I think that's a good read. Yeah, Albert... It's funny. Um I feel this way about a lot of top players and I don't truly know why this is the case. I don't know if I'm unique in this way. Um, but I'll see a player on the come up and, and my view of how they'll like how good they could play is, is like pretty broad. Um like you mentioned S FOP beating S2J. I wasn't very surprised by that. Um I, I, I tend to think like up and comers I think really highly of them. And then for some reason you reach this point where you are better than you were. Um, but suddenly it's like yeah, I like I truly have no no chance of beating this person. Um like I I'll look at Albert, who's considerably better than he was uh before when he was on the come up, um, in like twenty eighteen or so, and yet the type of player who I think he could lose to for some reason in my mind is just like like I feel like less certain about certain people. <laughs> um so I don't know why that's the case, but it, it tends to be like that on my mind. Um yeah, I, I think Albert it's tough to call it right now, but uh Yeah, I mean, like in a pool like this, this is definitely a pool where he could do well. It's a pool where I think that, you know, a couple mistakes here and there, and he could be the last seed in this pool. That's just generally how these pools are going to be for North American West and and what we're going to see for North American East. Um, So I I don't know. Um, We did this for, for the European event, so we have eight people who are going to make the finals. Let's go around. we got four of us now. So we can do two apiece. Uh, let's go and make predictions as to who is going to make it. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to say Kadoran.
1: Wow. I, 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 uh, Kadoran, who do you pick? <laughs> no, sorry, we'll, we'll go around yeah, in said, a circle. Dark Genix, who do you he, got? Um, I'll go with Plup. I know it's a little bit of a shock. Um, Might be a little out there of a pick. I think that his multiple characters, uh, Fox, Sheik, if he decides to pull out, I don't know, Luigi or something, I don't think he will. But he's got a really good match spread i think he's the best of the players here uh he's been playing a lot of nickelodeon as well we talked about uh, albert playing nickelodeon uh plops reptar and nigel have been putting in a lot of work in these crew battles and in like the juice box and stuff but i think he's accumulated enough skill and knowledge over the years that i think he'll be fine so i'll give it a plump
3: now for a clarification
0: you mean who will make top eight or not necessarily yeah. be top two yeah, who'll who make top eight? Because anyone who makes top eight is going to get a uh you know, yeah. free pass into the uh world finals that we're gonna have see in
3: I have a hard time not seeing SJ there then. Like he could he could royally screw up and pull a seed, but I think he'll pull it through.
0: Edwin, we picked three of the four top seeds. What's your pick?
2: <laughs> you know what? There's a lot of really good choices. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with my heart here. Uh, I spent too much time reading Althusser with him to count out
0: Captain Face Roll. Oh boy, you I and your this... little uh, uh, little leftist uh, literacy uh, club. I,
3: I I was really cons- I was like internally debating Face Roll as well, but it's like, dude, there, there's two foxes that could pull out back air Face Roll to death.
2: I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna regret this when Billy Bo Peep like. <laughs> three o's every going school <laughs> like
0: three stocks
2: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna like game like like he's gonna he's gonna three stock him and then like he's gonna win game two and then i'm just gonna be like oh, okay well like i want to believe too but <laughs> no come on dude, face roll i believe up, in you up just Paris, get into rhythm yeah. chic beat just gra- get grabs that's all face and roll and has all to do is
0: grabs. Sorry. he, he, he because um, wake up shine that's all you have to, to do here, Edwin. Actually, let's let's make this a little more fun. Let's do a snake style. So you you just pick uh, face roll, take your second pick.
2: Uh, Jackson Jordan game six or Tyson Jackson Jordan game six. Uh, now now my my second pick is gonna be SFAT. Okay.
3: Solid pick, solid pick. I guess I'm next. Um.
0: It's tough. It is tough. <laughs> we took all the first seeds from you. No, no, no. It's not just that. It's like,
3: I'm thinking also how it could potentially play out in losers as well.
2: Mm.
3: Like, if it was top two each pool, I think it's easier, but yeah, we'll make top I eight. I think I'll go with the sleeper pick. I think Billy will make it out to top eight. Whoa. Because... uh geo like me me and Noel talk a lot and he says that he plays he plays Billy a bunch and talk to him all the time. Like Billy actually like puts in mad work to the game and um he says that once like you know there's no restrictions, he there's no is he starts attending events again, he thinks Billy's gonna be one of the highest, like, you know, contenders when tourneys return. Like he's he thinks he's like top twenty easily. Damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Billy. Uh, Billy, definitely someone who I think has been on that drug fox sauce recently. Okay, a little
3: too much drug fox sauce. I <laughs> I would say that, but like. Okay, if he's on a
0: little sp- too much drug fox sauce, then he's not playing singles again. <laughs> that's actually but, wild
2: that three people from the same pool have, have been picked so far.
0: Yeah, I I do think Koi
3: <laughs> has like the sleep like the most heavy sleepers, and that's only because they're inactivity.
1: True. Yeah. Justin, are you gonna finish off pool A? I was going to finish off pool A, but I'm looking at all because, like, uh, you got to think about this in terms of like all the players in the in the tournament, not just in the pool. Mm-hmm. I don't see a single mid tier player. I don't see a single Jigglypuff. <laughs> I see a lot of spaces. I think this is a very, very good pool of players for Kalamazoo, and. I think that no matter what happens in pool D I don't think there's a combination of players that he runs into where he can't be two of them in a row to make top eight. So I'm going to go with Keizu. My heart says fat Goku though. I really want fat Goku to make it.
0: Ooh, you're putting me in a tough spot. Keizu is one who I wanted to pick. I think he's very strong. Uh, even if, you know, uh, even if we haven't seen much of him recently, I think that the level up that he had over the, uh, pandemic and even before the pandemic was was pretty strong and uh i mean it's it'll just kind of be a testament to like whether or not the the, the platitude about like having a high peach having like a high ceiling um uh, is true but yeah it'll be cool to see him i could finish out pool a that'd be very funny but uh who as much as I like crazy Goku, one
3: one picks for pool b and c then
0: i might need to go with fat goku's uh kayaking partner i might uh, i'll go with uh fiction i think this might just be me really wanting to see this but uh fiction's falco so funny to me it's like a car crash in a way i can't stop looking at it it's very good and also really hard to watch uh and i would really want the opportunity to see it more and i I think that falco or (laughs) fiction's falco um doing well here and being able to uh go to the finals would be really really cool to watch and just like opening up the the number of players who he would play with this falco i think would be really cool Uh, so as much as i'd like to say falco i'm gonna have to go with uh chef on this one
3: i think that's like the funniest compliment i've ever heard because if you say that to like bobby that's like that's not what you mean. When the same age of when you call Fictions Falco a car crash.
2: <laughs> yeah, I once it's heard the a nicest fic-
0: car crash I've seen.
2: Yeah, I once heard fiction, uh I, So I I made it no secret that I watch a lot of Fiction lessons. I'm just like a big fan of his YouTube content, his like mm-hmm. educational stuff. And one of the things he said in his uh Falco lessons is. Anytime that you play Falco and you feel really scared in the corner, but you don't want to commit to something, just jump. Just jump in the corner. That's all you have to do. Make sure your opponent can't hit you and fall down with a laser. Just jump. It's so annoying to deal with. Trust me.
0: (laughs) I love how Fiction talks about the game. Actually, I like how Fiction talks about the game. I love how he talks about players. Uh, I don't know how players feel about it. (laughs) Uh... But uh he he does not mince words and he yeah. he's able to come up with some of the most unique, usually rudest yeah. things to say about a player, uh in the fewest words possible. Yeah. Uh and for that, as someone who is not on the top one hundred with him <laughs> and and will not face his ire, uh, I'd love to see it.
3: <laughs> he he will <laughs> definitely have some choice words if he were to make top eight be like, wow. Free top eight ever, or something like that, in in his fiction language.
0: Yeah, it'll like, be nice to see that in in the midst of sucked. all his tweets about how like, why were we put onto this earth? Like all these like cosmic tweets that he keeps making. It'll be nice to see him made like made top eight. <laughs> Would have made top eight if people practiced or something. Yeah, you know, whatever. However he speaks.
3: Yeah, he's gonna find a way to not be happy about it.
2: Yeah, wouldn't have made top eight if people weren't automatons. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll never forget, I in January, I got a lesson from Fiction for um, Fox Falco uh, for my set against Mango at LACS. I, I forget the exact wording, but he said to me basically in verbatim that if I knew how to choose moves, I would have beaten Mango, <laughs> but I did not know how to select <laughs> moves as Fox. I picked every option poorly, but I won neutral. I think and it is like very, very wild. famous.
0: Well, infamous. The stream that, like, it's up there with, like, the Library of Alexandria in terms of lost <laughs> content. Um, There's a stream where he went through the top 100 and gave his thoughts on every single person. And, unfortunately, only a few Twitch clips exist with this. But I believe at the time he said that in true skill, he is better than HBox. It just in results, HBox is better. Yeah uh which is great at the time he also said in true skill mangoes way better than hbox which was funny because results didn't kind of follow that and then yeah we yeah, have they, one
3: we definitive result that says mango is better than hbox it's like that it's like how people would unironically like make a pr based on like the latest tournament results except that's unironically what we do now uh if you were to make a 2021 rankings
0: yeah but uh when you can put mango at number one people will do it <laughs> like if mango didn't win that tournament people would be like well we need more data yeah, that. yeah. now that he did <laughs> it's, everyone's it's like, like how, we know he's the best
3: it's like how one of the mpgrs mango was ranked higher than NTK because he was more consistent and the other one's like oh it's because he had higher peaks
0: it's mpgrs like... are very funny i cannot wait for <laughs> them to come back uh yeah, there's nothing that's I like, like that. more annoying to me uh than people talking about rankings but man it's Hey, talk about car crashes. I can't get enough of it. I keep coming back. Yeah, uh, wait.
3: Despite all the flaws of it, it does need to come back. You know, it, it's either it's either whatever variant P- PGR is going to come up with, or mm-hmm. the blur rankings. Do you guys want the blur rankings?
0: Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, PGR in some way, shape, or form will be back. Hopefully, uh, the blur rankings never will come to fruition. Uh but I'm sure that someone like you will do super well on those, you know, someone who's really showed their stuff. And uh I'm sure that this yeah, weekend I got, I got no reward off of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're on the melee stats podcast.
3: Uh
1: I, I got no monetary reward for it. Okay, well, you also just like showed up at my house to yeah. get on the melee stats podcast. It wasn't because you Yeah, won- uh, <laughs> you actually-
3: <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys don't mind. <laughs> i mean illegally looking at the pool which by the way what time is it what, what time does those pools do we need to show up if you want uh, to
0: know that schedule. what time will they be p- on smash U G?
3: uh what time do top players need to show up and
0: the stream would actually start i think it's 2 p.m but i may be wrong uh yeah so so this i mean i will talk to you about this okay, uh yeah. but for for people who want to watch you know you can tune in i believe pools start at 1 p.m the specific pool times will uh will be yet to come but uh yeah the all the action will start on vgbc on saturday at 1 p.m uh, and uh yeah yeah i will see you there yeah
3: by the way i heard the comment about uh comparing socal 2014 and 2020 why'd you skip my name you think i'm than <laughs> <Ken>? <laughs> huh, Hello. You're it wasn't part of the joke. Adult, it
0: not didn't, me. Fit, didn't fit the rhythm of the joke. Come on. That didn't look, uh, I didn't laugh at that. No, I didn't, didn't laugh either. That's why, I didn't didn't. Win. that's why I didn't win. <laughs> Maybe if I said your name, I would have won the point. Did you know he was here? No. I saw like someone in the reflection of your TV, but then I felt weird for looking at that. <laughs> I feel very that's intrusive.
2: was very, very perceptive. Wait, is that uh, Adoreen? <laughs> <Stop laughs> Look at that! Pay
0: attention.
3: <laughs> yeah, that that that'd be weird if he was at Dark Jax's house waiting
0: to pop in after waiting for an hour and a half. Well, I'm glad that you did. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, you, you weren't able to be on the full episode, and we are kind of coming to the end of the episode here. I know it does feel like we have so much renewed energy because of you joining, but uh, we are coming up on, yeah. on two. This is just over two hours, so we are yeah. coming to the end of the show. Um, I think. We had a lot to talk about, you know. Smash Con Fall Fest, featuring top sixteen placer DarkGenix. Uh, we talked about one of the most stacked European things that we've seen in a long time, and we talked about a really stacked uh, event for North American players. And no fluxes. And we talked yeah. about no fluxes. And <laughs> no I, I'm I'm really happy that we got all of this in in just over two hours. And I think that I had a really great time doing so, talking to uh, one of my good friends and two. Guests, one guest and one surprise guest. Um, what up? For people who've watched the show before, you know we we have this segment uh, which is unnamed because the the name that I uh, pitched for it, "Touching Grass," was uh, was very quickly shut down. Um, but it basically, I, I think a lot of people in the Smash scene um, are really only known for Smash. Uh, you know, we we are kind of seen as people who only play melee and, and like that's all we do uh, for the entirety of the of our like waking lives. But uh, we are more than that. So I want to talk about stuff that we've been into recently that's, that's not been really to Smash. So it could be stuff that's going on in our lives or it could be something within the past week that's been interesting to us. Um, I will go first. So I, I want to mention, uh, you know, we, were, we did not have a podcast last week to celebrate the uh, second wedding anniversary of, of Edwin Budding. Uh, but that past week, while you guys were watching Ambie's uh, wonderful interview, with Dr. Piggy. I was on a, a little bit of a mini vacation. I went on a road trip uh to I was in uh, around Virginia Beach. I was in Norfolk, Virginia, uh Richmond, Virginia, and ended up in DC, ended up getting to see the wonderful Fendi, Fender lamar Um and that was just a really fun time. Getting to getting to hang out with some friends from high school, uh getting to see some places I never been. I've never been to Richmond. I've never been to DC. Just getting to kind of take in uh, like cities at my own pace and get get be able to walk around is something that I really enjoy doing. And it's one of those kind of fun things that you see from Smash is that, like, you kind of get thrown into cities that you've never been before and, and you just kind of get offended for yourself and walk around and, and really take the city in. And being able to do that for like a city just on like a casual vacation was, was very, very fun. Um, I mentioned how I mentioned Fiction and Fat Goku as kayaking partners. I went kayaking for the first time since I have fit- since I already did it, I can say I liked it, but at the time it was like a horrible experience. I was wearing jeans and, and, <laughs> uh, I was wearing sneakers cause I didn't know we were going to do this. It was very hot. My sunglasses kept like falling from my face. Oh. Uh, I was very wet, but now that I did it, I will say it was a very fun experience. So I guess, uh, that's something that I've been into recently is just, uh, traveling and friends. <laughs> I- and I can't wait to travel with more friends soon. Um Edwin, what have you been up to recently?
2: Oh god. Um, so what leftist for...
0: book have you been reading?
2: <laughs> well, so this is a random thing that I've just picked up again. Uh sometimes I just pick up like these hobbies and then I, like I drop them, then I pick it up again. So I've randomly just gotten really into like listening to different like pop singers and just like just like vocal singing in general like like singers ranges like i watched all these videos about like you know singers with the biggest ranges in like music or in the pop industry and stuff so it's led me to revisiting a lot of artists that i sort of just like kind of casually listened to in high school or like when i was younger and just kind of like revisiting their pop hits and like i've just been on a bit of like a rihanna binge like rihanna low-key ruled the game I just kind of took, I just sort of took it for granted, but she has so many bangers, like, like, uh, work, uh, Rude Boy is, is awesome, SOS, Only Girl in the World, stuff, like, Rihanna, she was just, like, she straight up was, like, the queen of pop, I feel like I sort of associated her with, like, you know, like, the rock label and, like, all these other artists that I listened, that I, that I listened to more of during the time, but like in hindsight, like Rihanna is so much more relevant and in industry impactful than like even some of my favorites, and it kind of it kind of floors me. Like I I mentioned this to my sister, who is who's like a big Beyonce fan, and I was telling her like you know I don't know if Rihanna has an incredible album. That's the one thing I would I would hold, like I don't think she has a classic album, but I would say as far as like you know genre versatility, impact, and like just being relevant in like the billboard charts and having music be good. I think like it's not even close. Like she's far ahead of the pack. And uh in like 10 or 15 years, if not less, like I wouldn't be surprised to see uh Rihanna basically have a case if she doesn't already for being like the uh like one of the pop goats.
0: Yeah, she um I feel like at the time she was kind of compared to Beyoncé. Um kind of like being the the less uh family friendly version of Beyonce kind of like not as conscious of overall image um and someone who was kind of compared to be like more popular and not caring about like albums and such but i, I think uh how people look back at her will be really really generous uh, even though she's a billionaire and there's no way to become a billionaire that uh right. that is morally or ethically right um <laughs> despite that fact uh she has had like a really really great string of singles and it and has been like even if she does not have an album cycle even if she's not in an album cycle um for years she was always on the billboard because like she would release like one single and it'd be great um yeah that's a very odd choice from you i did not expect that but uh, i really agree with that what about you justin uh what have you been up to recently
1: so um outside of smash completely um Nickelodeon and Super Smash Brothers Melee are probably the second and third most played games that I've been playing this year. Um, the number one game I've played this year is actually a Korean MOBA battle royale, which is free on Steam called Eternal Return, and I started playing that in, I think like April of this year because 404 Cray told me to play it, and I play like Plup plays it, Odie plays it, Miranda, a lot of like CFL plays it, and I've worked my way from being like a scrub to being like the best player of my character in North America and, like, a top 50 player. And I've just been playing a lot of that recently. Um, so I'm the best Barbara player in North America in that game. And I've been wearing, like, the Herbs tag and the Barbara tag at, like, every event that I've been going to. And it's just a really fun game. Like, enjoy being part of the community and just, like, meeting a lot of people. And over the last week... Um, so at the end of every season, similar to how, like, League of Legends will send uh, their top-ranked players, like, jackets or stuff, um, the Eternal Return, pl- uh, like developers, will send the top players uh, some sort of memorabilia to mark that you are top X. This is the first season of the game where I'm considered like a top North American player, and I'm just and there's a lot of like people who smurf. So although I'm top fifty, I'm like barely under top fifty on the ranks. So I've been just grinding a lot of that recently, so I can try to hit top fifty because if you get top fifty, they send you a pillow cushion of one of the <laughs> characters, like plush familiars. So I'm just trying to get myself a pillow. <laughs> so that's been what I've been up to, aside from the Smash community in the last couple of weeks.
0: Uh, I for one hope you get that pillow. And you mentioned jackets as something that people will send out. Um Kudorin, famously, melee stats. If you make it to five podcast appearances, you get a jacket. This does not count towards your five. You <laughs> you are still at zero, you were not invited onto this. No, no not point five. If you were on four more times, you will not get a jacket. Um what about four point five times? <laughs> Four point five doesn't get you anything. Uh, five point five, you'll get a jacket, and uh, I don't know. I'll write M S on a t shirt, and I'll give it to you. Um, but what I, have you been I, up to? You've been up to anything?
3: Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of part of my genetics and uh, w- uh an obligation for me to really be into StarCraft Brood War. Uh, I, I watch that game a lot. Uh, ASL. It's like. Africa Star League is uh, the super major in, in Korea uh, and that, that's been going on they're currently in the round of 8 uh, decent amount of upsets it's like such a deep game I, I, I consider Melee like the second hardest game StarCraft Brood War is number one like how I like describing Brood is it's basically like playing Melee like all the mechanics plus you have to TO at the same time like you have to like like be worried about somebody that's calling for a lag test and also like Beat, like fight somebody that's trying to like run you down really hard as well uh because you, well, your work is not gonna work on their own you gotta tell them and they get stuck you they're not gonna solve that on your own you gotta get your ass over there and and tell them to do what they want you to do explicitly you can't just you know tell them to go like 10 miles apart and then they just don't go there uh and uh so that's how I describe that's why I think Brood War is a harder game. It's it's basically melee plus TO at the same <laughs> time and uh and uh it's really fun. Uh, I I, armada I, should
2: do it. He should get into Brood War.
3: Uh, uh the E uh, how's the E well basically Brood War is really only a thing in Korea, so like not as strong anywhere else, but yeah, you know, would be fun to see him get into it. Uh, but, yeah, it's actually something I've known since I was a kid. Uh, like, my family just watched a bunch of or Actually, when I visited Korea, when I was in fourth grade, like, I, like, literally our family just made, like, one pit stop to, like, a really big Korean tournament, like, a pro league. That's and so I was awesome. just literally part of the crowd. Like, I was there being really part cool. of the esports crowd without realizing it. In fact, <laughs> I so did not realize it that I slept during one of the games because I was tired. Oh, no. So, looking back, like, what the this is literally never gonna happen again, but yeah like you know it like at that time in two thousand nine like it was like literally bigger than like korean stalker uh like it would get more tickets than Korean soccer and it was so big and uh I still follow it uh pretty closely um I'm also thinking that once it's mainly off season in december like once like after smash world tour i'm um, I'm highly considering getting some lessons. so then like on uh Playing a little bit of StarCraft, so like my my goal is to be good enough like STJ, and then I could like have close sets with him. Because yeah, isn't he very good? Before. Yeah, he's uh he's decent. Yeah, he's like C rank, which is like pretty good. It's like if I were to translate, okay, if I were to translate that into Grand Scope things, that's like going one more or two two at like uh, oh, boy. Oh, a random local. But like for for StarCraft, like. But like, you know, like how we, we, we tend to undermine that in Melee when in reality that's like hundreds of hours that you put in and that's like SG skill. For me, I'm like literally E rank or like the lowest of the bottom of the barrel because like I don't play the game at all. But still putting hundreds of hours to be like C rank in the Starcraft ladder is like very, very good. Uh, it's just like, of course, you're not top 100 level or anything, but like you still have to put an insane amount of work for that. Uh, so like, that's like my goal is that like, I want to have like entertaining, competitive sets with him uh you know, it could be our thing that no one else does uh no speaking start... of what, what were you gonna
2: say oh i was just gonna say speaking of star i i know you're talking about brood war but hp from chile is i was actually a pretty legit at starcraft 2 i think he was a i think he was yeah. actually like professionally ranked like in the like he was one of the best players in the world
3: yeah that's that's or he cool. still is yeah probably
2: it's too bad that
3: uh very much of the sentiments we have with nintendo is very similar to how starcraft players feel about blizzard you know literally starcraft 2 just might die by 2022 since uh their biggest tournament gsl is not going to be supported by blizzard anymore so oh damn uh yeah yeah, i don't know what's going to happen to starcraft 2 past 2022 but uh starcraft 3 is definitely not in production uh but besides StarCraft, uh, I've also really been into poker. Uh, we've been studying a lot about pre-flop for a couple months now. So I'm really bad at post-flop, so I'm going to get into that soon. So are you as good as Tafo? No.
0: <laughs> good well, as my may- money? Maybe. No. Oh God. <laughs> maybe one day you'll be as uh, you'll be able to have close matches with Tafo and poker, and then close matches with Suj and Brood War, and uh, beat the brakes off both in melee. That's the that's the dream. <laughs> Yeah. And maybe
2: could and maybe Kadoran when you're when you get bored of all that, you can get into rock band vocals with me.
0: <laughs> oh god. Don't join them. Uh,
3: I think there might be better partners out there.
2: Uh, I was like not, I was like top fifty in the world in rock band vocals. Yeah,
0: did vocal? you get a pillow for it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I got nothing. Well, I, I was nothing good at the drums.
3: For. I was good at the drums. Not really a vocal guy though.
0: Maybe well, at uh, at Genesis Eight we'll bring a we'll bring a rock band, like we'll we'll do bring rock band one for the Wii nice. or something. Nice, yeah. Uh, we'll so we'll time. we'll put this uh, expert vocals to the test. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no that that's super cool. I I know that a lot of people uh kind of bring up Starcraft when they bring up Melee, so it's it's I mean I a lot of people do that and don't play the two, so it's really cool to see yeah, that you're actually putting the it's... time in.
3: It's only the Koreans that actually know. And what, what what nationality are me and SCJ. Take a guess.
0: <laughs> True, uh, I'm glad that uh glad that you're having fun with that. And yeah, I, I hope to see you uh, rise in ranks for that.
1: Hey, yeah, if people I mean, want to
0: follow your, I don't know if you're going to be streaming this at all or, but if people want to follow you on streaming or on Twitter, uh, where can as, they where can they find you?
3: Yeah, as soon as I get back, I have a special video prepared and. Uh, that will be my basis for my stream for now, and I know I haven't been very active on it. Uh, I felt like it kind of lost direction for a little bit. Plus, internet doesn't really help. Or the latest netplay issues I've been rain- running into, that, that hasn't really been helping. But I will return to it by sometime Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and uh, it, it will be at twitch.tv slash kadoran1, uh, the number one. And you can follow my Twitter at kadoranssb. I also have a Medify giveaway that you could join if you want. Uh, that's, Smash World tour, look it up, and then you could like and retweet that. I will say that, like you know, I, I you know I am improving as a player, but how I got into the scene first was by consuming a lot of content. And you know, talking about stuff like this is like I I I I listened to every single commentator's curse, you know, back then. Uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I am I'm also like a big stream monster DJ back in the day as well. So like doing this is like very reminiscent of that for me. And Hell like, yeah. Yeah, I really like doing this, this sort of thing as well. Like, you know, like, oh, I, I you saw me reminisce with a lot of each pool. So it's like, yeah, so many things can happen. I like, know a lot of history and, like, you know, the stats with these guys.
0: It'd be fun so, to have you on for a, an episode where you actually get invited instead of just popping <laughs> up. <laughs> but until then, you know, we're, we're just going to have to live with this. Um, you hey, mentioned one content. of them. Yeah. W- one of them,
3: I, I was kind of invited, and then I said no, and then I said yes last second, and it's like, Oh, but it's too late.
0: Yeah, and because of that, uh, we are mad at you and might never get invited <laughs> you, but, uh, Yeah,
2: you're actually you actually go uh, to negative one in the jacket count for that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. Usually blacklisted. no, no, no it, it's fun. Hopefully we can uh hopefully we can figure something out because I think that'd be a good time. Um but you mentioned content. We love content. Content's what makes the world go around, and uh who is better at content in the world of smash than uh dark genix himself justin uh where can people follow you for all of the content that you create
1: so the i haven't posted them me in a while but i've been working on some i've got a really big one coming up that i've been working for over a month on secretly so that hopefully will come out relatively soon so maybe you'll see that on your twitter timeline um if you don't follow me already twitter.com slash dark genix i've got a youtube channel Closing on a 10k right
0: <laughs>
1: i'm getting there i'm getting there i've been at 9.8 for like three months so i haven't posted a meme in like or like a really big meme in three months like a, a really big pop-off so hopefully i hit 10k by the end of the year we'll see what happens i've got a couple of things in mind that might get me there but in regard regardless twitter.com uh, i've got a youtube i've got a TikTok, I've got all, all of that stuff to repost my videos but you can find all that at darkgenx.com and if you want to follow nyc melee twitch.tv and twitter.com for the nightclub, which we'll have this guy tomorrow,
0: you know I'm, I'm you so uh <laughs> <laughs> you don't even <laughs> seem to play him anymore
3: uh, I'm so terrified of him uh, might be uh, like might lose a hobar <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> we'll see uh yeah, Justin, you've got something that we don't you've got a v- uh, video on uh YouTube with a million views, so uh, I, do? I do
1: don't you no don't you the highest short? Oh, Zet's, no, that's, that's Zets. Zets. So Zets. Zets is high as short as five million views. My highest is like five? I think two hundred seventy five K, which oh, is yeah. not bad. It's, it's not bad, but Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: okay. I was gonna say that you have a higher view than anything that we do, which you do not. Um uh, like, that's
3: not true. That's not true. You guys like your uh your pl- your Prince of Boo video has like two hundred and seventy three, I think.
2: What? Is that 50. is that like three hundred and eight.
0: Yeah, 99. we're over that. Yeah. Yeah, or three hundred what, what do you mean that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have guys, over we beat
2: Get him guys out no zets is the one who uh, who has zets is all the one who
0: yeah who blows yeah. us yeah. on that uh but uh you know you and zets both both kings of the content game um yeah i mean talking about youtube content we uh you know if you want to if you want to see the the videos that we make they're over on the melee stats youtube channel and we have a, a video coming out in the next uh week it's going to be out on october 25th and it's Edwin, you want to reveal the name? Oh, We've already revealed the excited. name. Uh,
2: it's the game Nintendo wishes it never made. Wow. So if Ooh. you have been
0: following Melee for... Actually, if you've been following Melee at all, at any point, uh, you probably know the contentious relationship with uh, our wonderful overlord Nintendo. Uh, but obviously, this is something that if you've been following in the past year. It's been a lot going on um so we decided to make a video to kind of go over that talk about the uh the history of nintendo's relationship with this product that it created um this is a uh, probably the most collaborative video that we've ever done I th- this has been like a big labor of love between uh me edwin and ambi this has been something that more than any melee stats video has been like equal-handed uh w- getting to watch it is really fun because i it's like I will have a, a line, and then Edwin will have a line, and then Ambie will have a line in terms of writing. Um, so it's really fun to see all of our visions come together. And and I think that this is one of the best videos we've made in a long time. Uh, so if you want to watch that, it's going to be on our YouTube channel uh, on October 25th. If you want early access to it, patrons are going to get uh, an early look at it. It's going to be coming later this week. If you want to su- uh, support us at patreon.com slash melee stats, you can do so. You can get access to the to the uh, Patreon Patron channel and uh, view stuff such as uh, early sneak peeks. We'll probably be posting um, some outtakes uh, and, and some other kind of uh, you know miscellaneous stuff from videos like that. For uh, you know, that, our, we have a five dollar month tier where you can get all that. We do have a two dollar month tier where you can um, you gonna get director's commentary for that. And I think for this video, it's gonna be really interesting just because of the collaborative effort. Yeah, to hear all of our thoughts on it. Um could put probably gonna be pretty insightful. So if you wanna, you know, catch that, that's the two dollar tier on uh Patreon. You can uh you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash melee stats pod. obviously we'll be posting anything we do there. And uh if you like the content we make for through waiting for game, it's gonna be live on twitch.tv slash melee stats and it's gonna be on the melee stats archive on YouTube if you wanna catch episodes after they air um justin i really appreciate you being on and uh kadoran i guess you're on too i I appreciate this as well i didn't expect you but this is a fun little surprise
3: apologies for butting in but i just had to you know the moment i saw my name there's like i'm teleporting in here
0: this is fun no i i appreciate this uh (laughs) one of the better surprises that i think could have happened in a waiting for game episode so so this was a, a blessing in disguise um yeah no thank you thank you guys so much for being on and thank you for watching We're going to have a really great weekend of Melee content, and I cannot wait to come back and talk about it. And next week, we are going to talk about what happened here and what's going to happen at the North American East event. Uh, Super excited to see that, and I'll talk to you guys then. Peace.
2: Take care.